got nine one day coming up and um gonna be at Young Avenue Deli. Well, Labor Day weekend lineup. Labor um Young Avenue Deli and Thrive and yeah, not on one day coming up. So where is um Thrive? Midtown, where the old Onyx used to be. Across from where Minglewood is? Down from Kinda, there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kind of by Canvas, right? Yeah, down, yeah, a little yeah. down from that. So, who owns that place? Do you know? Um, his name is Darnell. It's a black owned uh, establishment. I don't know Darnell's last name, mm. but he used to own a spot out in Cordova as well called Blow. I think they shut that down. And so, he wanted to have a space that was, you know, upscale, nice food venue vibe, all that. And uh, that's what it's given. It's given all that. The uh, the uh, decor is really nice. Mm. Um, it's like that green like cover color. Um, the lighting is nice. The drinks. <laughs> I don't like. I'm not that DJ that drinks. Mm-hmm. I'll have one drink or two, but I can barely get through half <laughs> one drink. <laughs> You know they're pretty good. You know they're strong. They hit. I'm not. I'm like, oh god. But um, and uh, the food is really good as well. And plus the good DJ. So on Friday nights they have myself and another female DJ, uh, G Honey. We rotate because I told him I said, look, I can't do it every Friday. This is, uh, you know. So yeah. um, I is another female um. We do Fridays, and then they have Saturdays and Sundays. They do brunch. That's really nice, right? Do there. you do? Uh, do you guys? Do you work with AD DJ AD? Uh, I have not worked with DJ AD this year, not as it as of yet. But she's we really close. Is that Stephanie's girl? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, she's really good too. Yeah, she's she has all that good. EDM tech house, mm-hmm. you know, that good workout because, you know, she does workout stuff. So, yeah. What's your style? Oh, my style is, well, I'm very diverse. Mm-hmm. You know, I like all kinds of music. And at one point I was like, oh, yeah, I like this. And then I was like, no, I don't. I like this. And yeah. then, so um, it just depends on my mood. I'm a Capricorn. My mood changes. <laughs> <laughs> Man, when I'm not feeling it, yeah, I'm like, Man, I'm fuck not, this shit. Yeah. And so um, I kind of just go off my moves and what I'm feeling. And and uh, so sometimes I can, I'm feeling EDM. Sometimes I'm feeling jazz. Sometimes I'll hear a track and I'm like, oh, man, this it'll remind me of something. And I'm like, oh, I'm feeling, you know, this R&B. Or, mm-hmm. So um, music is, is, for me... Um, I love it so much. I just can't just have one, one style because it's just it's so much out there. Yeah, that's true. I went to um, <clears throat> my friend Patricia gave me a task. She's like, "Hey, you know where to go." You, you know, I was like, "No, I really know like the same like ten things." She's like, "Well, I want you to take me, Alex, and Alex's boyfriend Chris to three places you've never taken us." I was like, "Where the hell is this?" So then I was thinking, I'm like, "Okay." One of the spots was Lucky Cowboy, the new place right. by okay. um, 409, you know, in uh-huh. the basement. Yeah. Uh, the second place was uh, Long Shots. And the third, the f- I'm going out of order. 
But the third place was um, Aiden Sands. Mm-hmm. I really liked the vibe at Aiden Sands. I've never yes. been there like at nighttime with the DJs playing and stuff. Yes. It was just so laid back and chill. Like, you know, he was playing all kinds of different stuff. Like, uh-huh. you just do like you do. It was like, yeah. it was so much fun. Yeah, they call that the uh, living room. Yeah. Um, the city living room. And I love it too um, because of the history of the El Martha. Um, Oregon and how they have made that a complete DJ uh, board area now. And um, also with uh, Jim, who did the sound, the sound and that equipment is just just amazing. Mm. I'm a real sound person and having good systems and, you know, like that, the quality in which you hear some of these records, because some of them, some of us DJs and I go in between, we'll spend vinyl or we'll spend you know serato or you know on the hard drive or something like that from your laptop and so it has that clarity all the way through so and then you get a very diverse crowd that mm-hmm. you've got and people yeah. are coming up to you knowing hey can you play this song like we at the club no you're gonna hear some real um memphis stuff and that's one of the other things about it um, as a DJ there, um, you the music style that you have to play is something that touches Memphis. Mm. A producer, writer, um, someone played the guitar, if anything way, if it touches Memphis. And so I had no idea when I started doing more research, like Jennifer Lopez's uh, drummer is from Memphis. Oh, really? Um, certain people who are writers uh, written for Beyonce. So it's a lot of stuff out here. Biggie, you know, uh, it was, I forget his name. Um, but it's so, another guy here from Memphis who uh, he has written all of most, some of Biggie's biggest tracks. <laughs> wow, really? So, yeah, you've been there. So you can play all this stuff right, you know, there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Central Station. Yep. I saw something. I think Kia Shine posted it that he had wrote something for somebody, and I was shocked when I saw that he wrote it. Man, I love that so crispy, so clean song he wrote back in yeah. like 2005 or something like 2006. Uh, let me see if I can find. It. <clears throat> yeah, but yeah. The vibe there was so awesome, man. Like, I think we spent the most time there because that was our first stop. I just mm-hmm. like, like, you want to go to the next place? I'm like, let's just chill you a little longer, you know? Because we, me and Tony and our friend Kelly. Went there like during the day one time. I was before the bar was even open. We we're just chilling by like the DJ equipment and stuff, like the couches. It was fun, but like this was a different experience. And I'm yeah, glad he I wrote. It. He wrote Drake's best I ever had. That's a huge song. It's mm-hmm. a really popular. I love that song. Mm-hmm. Damn. And then it said he was behind Megan and Cardi B's song WAP. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, man. I just knew him from. Back in the day, I didn't know he was still doing shit relevant today. I'm not knocking the guy. I just didn't know that he was doing stuff that big. Yeah. Carlos Carlos Brody is his name, who did, wrote the Biggie track. Oh, really? Wow. Yes, who's from Memphis. That's yeah. so wild, man. Biggie and Mary J. Blige. And <sighs> so as I started doing more research and DJing, I was like, wow, all this is connected to Memphis. This is this is the heart right here. Somebody, I, I don't know what he does for Bruno Mars, but one of the guys from Bruno Mars, or maybe it's a backup singer or dancer or plays something. He, uh, yeah. Um, he's, Cam- Cameron Whalum. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. He does. He plays um, 
and they play saxophone, I believe, for them. Because now that you said it's all Memphis tied, mm-hmm. you know, so that's why I was like, oh, I wrote Bruno's Mars that night. Yep. I was like, cool, man. Yep. Like, we have it made here, I think, because, mm-hmm. like, everything uh, everything comes through here, at least, you know? Like, maybe the big acts goes go to Nashville or Little Rock instead, but, like, mm-hmm. all the smaller acts always hit here. Yeah. Like, Tony sent me a thing of this guy that's playing at Levitt Shell in October, and I never knew who the guy. I was like, oh, yeah, I met him at Blind Bear one night, mm-hmm. and I listened to, like, some of his music on Spotify. I was like, that's pretty good, man. Like, you know, you just never know who you're going to meet in Memphis. Right, right. And that's another thing. People are just kind of, like, out, you know. They're not, like, like um, I would definitely say D- DJ Spanish Fly. Um. You just see DJ Spanish Fly just out, you know, and it's like, this is a Memphis legend right here, but he's so humble. He's just laid back, chill, come through, you know, take pictures, you know, and and he's on his way, you know. So it's just kind of like, wow, you know. Um, I've seen several uh, Memphians who've, you know, done well. Um, Moneybag Yo, Mm, I was DJing, and I got to see him, and real cool guy. You know, a lot of these guys, um, NLE Chopper, I DJ for the Iverson Classic, and they had NLE, you know, he's young. They had him come through and get the kids and stuff hype, and he was really, you know, just like down to earth. And um, the next year when I saw him, he waved at me, remember, man? Oh, awesome. You know, that's cool, you know? And so that's one thing I could say is that, they, you know, um, here in Memphis, people show love in some sort of way. They remember you, and um, as long as you support them and you're nice to them, they gonna get that energy back. So it's kind of cool. Yep. So how'd you get started in DJing? Oh wow, how did I get started? So, um, uh, long story short, I kind of always knew um, some type of way that. I was I wanted to be a DJ. Mm-hmm. I loved music. Uh, my parents had records down um, in our basement where I would um, go down and play. And I was just talking to my dad about this uh, last week. He had an old school radio, um, uh, and we used to just my sister and I would be downstairs sometimes, and we'd just be listening to different music and dancing and stuff. And I just loved it. So um, fast forward, I came about a time where, you know, you download music. I was downloading like crazy from LimeWire and Napster. Yeah. I tell the story over and over and said, I hope they don't come for me. <laughs> but I had music, music, music. And um, all that music that I had downloaded, uh, I had saved um, hard drive, uh, my hard drive. And then that's around the time the iPod mm. came out. Back in like early 2006-ish, early around that time. Because I remember I was getting ready. I went to college in 2006. And so um, I had all this music. My boyfriend at the time had bought me this iPod. So I transferred all the music over to my iPod and my new laptop that my aunt had got me. So now I'm in school and I meet all these friends. And we used to um, have like little college apartment parties. I'm like, I'm going to be the DJ. I'm just, I don't have any type of DJ equipment. I just have a laptop, um, music, and um, I had these Dell big speakers with a sub, you know, because <laughs> yeah. it's all about the sound, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> and these 
little desktop speakers. And so uh, we used to have little things, little parties, and they, it would do the job. It really would. That little sub would come through. And uh, it did the job. And I used to just go down and listen, play different songs that people would like to hear. And I make CDs and stuff like that. And finally, one uh, my junior year, my cousin said, Ashley, maybe you should consider being a DJ. I was like, oh, maybe. Let me see. Oh, so I reached out to DJ who DJed there on campus at Hampton University, DJ Tay James. And I was like, hey, I'm thinking about being a DJ. But he didn't respond back. Mm-hmm. So I said, well... I'm thinking, I guess in my mind, I'm thinking he's the only DJ that can help me, you know, and assist me. But I was trying to figure out life. And um, I was also going to school to be air traffic controller. And so I said, well, my, I need to continue and just focus on this path. So fast forward, I ended up taking the ATC route, graduated, um, went down to Mississippi uh, 2013, 2014. I came up to Memphis and 2016, I finished all my training for air traffic control. And that's when I was like, all right, Ashley, what's the next step? <laughs> either you're going to go. I was thinking either I was going to go back and uh, to to the East Coast and I was going to go to Atlanta and be an air traffic controller there. Or I was going to go to Dubai and be an air traffic controller. Ooh. Or I was going to live out my passion and be a DJ because my boyfriend at the time said, Ashley, if you weren't an air traffic controller, what would you be doing? This is about 2016. I said, I'd be a DJ. He said, well, you could do both. And I was like, oh, I guess I can. So I got a little bored, started teaching myself 2016 to 2017, 2018. I got my first gig and it's been a wrap ever since. That's an awesome story. <laughs> Where was your first gig at? My first gig. Oh, my gosh. So my first gig was August the 4th at um, Edge Entity. My friend. So uh, a DJ, female DJ, Crystal Mercedes. Shout out to Crystal. She's the one who helped and assists me in starting my DJ journey. Being a female, you know, it's it's kind of tough. You know, you don't. You're not intimidated to ask certain guys, but at the same time, a woman DJ who has experience can give you another perspective. So she said, girl, you know, this, 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 and this. And so one day she called me and she said, Ashley, I got a gig for you. And I said, oh, I don't know, Chris. She said, you're good. You got this. So um, a lady was having a grand opening for her hair product called Edge Entity, and um, they needed one of the female DJ. So she called me up and I said, okay. And I didn't have speakers at the time. I just had my SB through uh, DJ board and um, I show up and I went to Guitar Center and rented the speakers. And somehow the guy at Guitar Center wasn't quite sure what I was explaining to him, what kind of chords I needed to mm-hmm. attach the back of my board to the speakers. Anyway, I get to the gig and it's, it it's not working. I'm like, I need, I didn't know whether I needed RCA quarter inch or XLR to what, and I had the wrong cords. So man, I was sweating all types of like, I said, Oh my gosh, this is horrible. First gig was horrible, but we started two minutes late. They, they ended up <laughs> sending the guy out to where I was because yeah. I didn't have time to go back to, Give me the cores that I needed, and I was able to start and finish. But oh my gosh, I was like, (laughs) (laughs) and most other DJs that I've talked to about their first gig. 
they all have the same something just like you think you know, but you don't. Yeah. Something just going to throw you way off. And it's just dealing with adversity and just continuing to push because my second gig, um, I think a, a lady had another event and Slady walks by and she's doing whatever, not paying attention. And she steps on my cord and snaps it. And so right before the gig's getting ready to start. And so I had to rush to Guitar Center to get another board to be back and time enough. So th- these are things, yeah. that, <laughs> but still got to keep going. <laughs> be prepared for the next. Have backup. Co- have Maybe have a back. Maybe have a backup laptop. You know, so these are things that I learned early and in the game and now you know i'm better prepared now so one of my buddies his um laptop died like middle of the night like i don't know night maybe it was afternoon whatever like it just died and thankfully he had dj friends there that had their stuff in the car you know so they were able to get back up everyone's like you suck you suck (laughs) you suck they're like no it just died like you know these things only live for so long. And I, I mean, I guess they were all using the same computer at different mm-hmm, events. Mm-hmm. So you got to think all that wear and tear and battery. You can't keep on charging the same battery yeah. over and over. Yeah. And like they saved the day for him just like he got lucky. But like the uh, <clears throat> the people tried not to pay him and stuff. They're like, what are you th- the thing just died. Like I've been out here three hours before he died. Like give me my money. Like, yeah. It just like. And then, like, you know, people on the other end are like, oh, man, well, you didn't start on time on this or that. You know, like, yeah, I can't use you again. You know, whatever. I always start on time. Um, definitely. And um, another thing is, you know, you learn people ask you about DJing outside. You know, laptop can die out in the heat. So knowing that there's certain things that you need. You need a tent. You need to ensure that. You need to ensure that you got a fan. So you don't pass out, you know, water. You got to take care of yourself, too. And so these are things that I've just learned along the way to make sure, um, making sure I have Bluetooth speakers, because if my laptop dies, guess what? Bluetooth, bam, Mm. sending straight from my phone uh, or a mix that I may have already had or, you know, a playlist or something like that. Because I was DJing a wedding of all things to be DJing <laughs> and um I had my hard drive something happened and my it went out and I had to hurry up and put that white bluetooth speaker on and it did it and it got me through for 5 minutes until I could go through and then wow. bam right back and you never even knew <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I and I have an MC where I can communicate and like hey take, you know and so yeah I know what you're doing. <laughs> I think adversity, like you said, is one of the best things that can happen, though, because if everything goes smooth and then something does happen towards the middle, you're probably gonna be like, what am I going to do? Yeah. Since you dealt with it early on, you were like, OK, now I know what the hiccups to deal with yeah. later. It happens again. Yeah. And another thing that prepared me for this, which I really didn't even think about until all this stuff started happening, is my air traffic job and how it trained me mentally for my DJing uh job because as an air traffic controller I have to be three steps ahead knowing if this plane uh doesn't land mm. you know or if this happens if the hit a bird anything can happen at any time and I've had things happen and um knowing what to do as soon as something 
just happens on, you know, quickly and how you're going to react. And so that and adding that to my DJing, knowing, okay, Ashley, if this happens, how are you going to react? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And so that's, you know, I'm three songs ahead of people that are out there dancing. And so when people come up, you can play the song. How am I going to fit? But I'm going to make it work. You know, I can still do that, you know, too, on the fly. So. So is that where your name comes from? Alpha Whiskey? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, my DJ. So my name is Ashley Wimbush. And when I was speaking, I was like, what, if, what is going to be my DJ name? And I was like, oh, well, uh, my uh, initials at work is Alpha Whiskey, you know, and that's me, describes me, you know. I'm, <laughs> you know, you know, Alpha Whiskey, you know, you know, I'm in two male-dominated career fields and... Mm-hmm. You know, I just kind of have to, you know, figure my way through. But yeah. I'm able to do what I do. And, I, you know, I do what I do well and with talking to airplanes and controlling them and with controlling the vibes, you know, for a crowd. Can you tell us about your, your day job then? So my day job, air traffic control, uh, I work at Memphis Tower. Mm-hmm. I've been working in the tower uh, since 2014. And... um Currently, the only black female. Oh wow! Really? uh, In the tower, Uh, there's only two of us. One, she's downstairs. But um, what we are responsible for here in Memphis is uh, ensuring safety between you know uh, all planes in the sky and on the ground. FedEx is you know the main hub uh, hub here in Memphis, so we are responsible for moving the world. Damn. Think about that. Everything comes out, of, and especially when 2020, when COVID hit, man, everything went online. FedEx, all these, you know, um, planes, they, they had to ramp up their uh, cargo uh, for shipping and stuff like that. And so uh, Memphis, we won the top, uh, top award for uh, top uh, facility. Because we kept the world, you know, moving to make sure everybody got what they needed to get. So um, FedEx has over 160 planes wow. that come in and out uh, over a span of a, uh, every day for a span of a week. So it starts, their schedule starts on Sundays. Well, starts, I would say, Monday nights. So Monday nights, they all start flying in, Tuesday, daytime, uh Tuesday evening, Wednesday day morning and night. So it's three different. They got to come in, go out, come back in. That's every day. And so I work the mid shift, which is 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. is the busiest shift uh, for seven years. Wow. (laughs) Yes. And uh, it was cool because, you know, it was like busy you know, traffic and I was young and, you know, when you're young, you're like, yeah, I can do this. And I could, I could, you know, talk to planes like no problem and uh, still can. But I said, you know, after a while, you know, you, you get tired of the same thing over and over. So I switched over to the daytime and plus nighttime is just not healthy for you mm-hmm. um, e- either. And so I started doing daytime, just morning shifts and um, we do, uh, I do general aviation too. So anybody that flies into Memphis, they're going to talk to me within oh, wow. a seven mile radius. Yeah. So as soon as they check in, I'm clearing them, clearing them to land, um, telling them the winds. Um, if they go around, 
uh, for wins or any type of thing or something, you know, making sure they're responsible for that separation. Um, When it's weather, people ask us, your job is so stressful. What weather makes it stressful? If you see it's a thunderstorm, if it's snow, especially if it's a snow or ice storm here in Memphis. Oh, my gosh. Um, (laughs) You know, uh, just things like that. You have to be aware of the training um, to become a controller is it's no joke. It's no joke. You know, you, you got to know this stuff, yeah. you know, and rules and regulations. So it's a pretty cool job, though. Um, pays well. We need uh, more minorities in the field. Um, I think the last that I. You got to be a certain age. I'm yeah. You I retire. saw that. So you got to be in post. before you're 31. Yeah. Man. And that's because of the retirement. So we have to be retired by the time we're 55. That's mandatory retirement. So, you know, you can do whatever you want to do after 55. But, you know, after 55, like, man, it's hard to treat old dog tricks <laughs> because you get so used, your mind and your uh, mindset gets so used to certain things and you start slipping mm-hmm. and your health. And then the schedule's not good for you either. But working, I say, in Memphis is kind of one of the – it's one of the more uh, grueling work schedules because you got to work nights. Mm. That's kind of another turnoff. Right? We don't get a lot of air traveling people who want to come to Memphis because they know they're going to have to work at nighttime. Yeah. And a lot of people don't want to do that. So. Yeah, because I, I know that um, uh, we have two friends that do it where y'all, I don't know if they work in, for FedEx, but they do air traffic controller and uh they say it's a good job, but it's kind of stressful, like you said. Yeah, it is. It's cool. You know, um, one of the things, you know, if you get sick, hey, I'm sick. I can't come in. Yeah. That's it. You know, um, it's uh, it's something that's very different. I didn't I didn't have no idea about what air traffic control was when I was a kid. And then when I went off to Hampton University, shout out to Hampton University, Hampton, Virginia. Um I met a, cause I went to school for computer science. That's mm-hmm. what I initially went off for. And as soon as I got to Hampton, I met a guy named Alvin Wilkins and he knew since he was a young little boy that he wanted to be a pilot. <laughs> and so Alvin, um, and I started dating and he was like, come on, fly with me, Ashley. I'm like, no, I'm not. Are you crazy? <laughs> I am not flying with you, yeah. you know? And so he just kept working on me and working on me. And finally I said, okay, Alvin, I'll fly with you. And we flew, and um, it was a wrap after that. He used to fly me home. Oh, wow. <laughs> I said, here I am in college, and this guy's flying me home uh, back and forth. But I would never tell my parents because they would kill me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, know, if, yeah. you know, if they really – because it was – but first I had to fly with him with his instructors mm-hmm. to make sure. And he was really good. And, um, and so – I, he said, Ash, I, I found out like my sophomore year, I didn't fail computer science. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't for me. Um, I felt like I I did not get the proper school. I didn't go to school well. In my high school, I didn't take prerequisite classes to prepare me for computer science per mm-hmm. se. I just knew that I liked computers and I didn't know all of what came with it. But after learning about aviation and air traffic control, I was like, this is kind of cool. This is not your typical daily sit at a desk job. This is something where every day is different. And I think I can do this. And so 
I ended up switching my major, and I graduated on time. <laughs> I did internships with the Federal Aviation Administration. They sent me out to Wichita, Kansas. Um, while I was out there, uh, Wichita is known as the aviation capital of the world. So they had like Cessna and Hawker Beechcraft and Boeing and all the stuff. And I got to go on tours and see, you know, these jets and mm. all types of stuff. Holy and cow. yeah, I, you know, lived in Wichita for like three months, met cool, some cool people out there. Um, then the next year I went up to Baltimore, Maryland. And I was able to go on like a little aviation camp for a week while I was up there working. Um, Cause while I was doing working with them, I would go out with um, a safety inspector. So, you know, these planes have to be inspected, you know, with airworthiness uh, to make sure they're in compliance. So I would go out with uh, these inspectors who had previous pilot background and we inspect planes. Uh, we inspect uh, people who built their own, airplane i'm oh, like wow. huh? you know risky. these experimental yeah they I, we went out to a couple places sites and i got to see some stuff the people who didn't build their own like experimental planes and stuff which is kind of cool yeah um and so i did that in baltimore and uh then that led me down to uh dc um at uh, washington national tower so i was able to intern there and actually go up in the tower and like job shadow these air traffic controllers and i was like wow this is so cool yeah so my first day on my internship though i get up there and they had like this they were doing a celebration for world war ii uh veterans or something and they had these steerman airplanes they had like four of them come in first one comes in and lands and gets off the runway second one comes in lands gets off the runway third comes in the wind takes it in and flips over oh right on the runway (laughs) i'm I'm like what and so these you know i saw how they reacted the supervisor hey get the fire trucks do this do this tell this you know and they and i was like oh my gosh the pilot was okay but things happened. Mm-hmm. They handled it and they worked it out. And I was like, I don't know. Maybe I can do this. Maybe I can. We're going to see. So as I continue to get to know them, continue to learn the operation, continue to know that that doesn't usually happen like that. But it just so. Um, and that's what kind of projected me in that kind of direction. And that's when I was like, OK, this is something I can do. Yeah, you I saw the pressure. <laughs> I saw that. um Post you made and I shared it with the job listing, mm-hmm. the air traffic controller. I was like, hell yeah, I'm to quit my job right now and start, which is the bottom, can't be older than 30. Yeah, I was yeah. like, motherfucker, yeah. man. Yeah, like, and there's some other caveats to that too, because if they call, call you up, you know, they might put you somewhere, you know, you may not want to go. It takes time to build up to get to the highest pay. Like, it's certain things to it. Um, but it's definitely a rewarding career for anybody who's young starting off that doesn't because back then when I was coming in and you had to have a college degree, mm-hmm. like go to a CTI school and Hampton University was a CTI school or you had to be uh, military. They didn't do general hire, which was off oh, the street okay. hire. And so a lot of people paid to go to school to do get this stuff these degrees and then they say oh no no now you don't need a degree you can just all you need is three year working experience in any career field or oh really or a bachelor's degree in any any you know degree 
And you can apply and become one because it's basically on the job training. They're going to send everybody out to Oklahoma. Everybody who who is becomes an air traffic controller has to go out to Oklahoma. That's where the main academy is. And you'll stay out there for three to five months based on whether you go to a tower, a tracon or center. Center takes more time because that's actually you're controlling all the planes at above like 18,000 flight level at one eight zero eighteen thousand feet. Um, and that is way harder than what I do. <laughs> that's a whole nother mindset. So what ATC. goes that high? Like why would they go that higher compared to what you do? So um, you have to think, you know, like a, 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 what is it called? Upside down cone or something like that. When you start on your trip, let's, mm-hmm. I'm going to describe it like this. So All right. you're like me and my friends, we're going to Cabo for the weekend. <laughs> and we're leaving Memphis and we're head, we're on the flight. You take off from Memphis. You're going to talk to me first. I'm working a tower. I'm going to talk to the pilot, get you, push you back from the gate, gate to the runway, runway takeoff. Once you lift up, you get about a thousand feet off the ground. I'm going to switch you to another controller who's working down stairs in the basement or maybe at some other offsite facility that's looking at it in a dark room, looking at a radar. And they say, okay, here's this American flight going to Cabo. Um, he's at a thousand feet. Okay. What's his route? All right, he's going to tell the pilot, turn this direction, this direction, climb, maintain 18,000 feet. The pilot's going to turn that direction, put it in, climb. As he's climbing he's and going west, he's going into somebody else's airspace. So oh. somebody else is going to have to take it over because he's going from the here, this airspace, and now he's entering this airspace. So now he's climbing up right before he gets to 18,000. They're going to tell him to contact somebody else. This person is in a facility where it's about two to 300 controllers, and they work in different sectors. So you got to think about the sky is like a highway. Mm-hmm. So they work in this section. So you got somebody working this highway, this road, this, this, this. And so they're all working together to make sure that you – Get from Memphis to Cabo. And once you get to the 18,000, you're going to talk to somebody from Memphis Center. You're going to talk to Houston, someone in Houston. You're going to talk to maybe someone in Mexico. You're going to talk to at least 20 (laughs) controllers, you know, by the time you get to your destination. Because everybody works a certain sector, a certain route, a certain the area to make sure that everything is is covered. Yeah, so depending wow, on how high, how low, when you're landing, you're talking to different controllers who do different things. We can no controller. I can't go over the center and know what they do. Mm. The rules are completely different landing than it is when you up at you know thirty thousand feet in the sky. You know, yeah. you're basically just cruising. But it's still a lot that's going on up there. Because what if you hit turbulence? You know, yeah. what if, you know, something happens, you got to divert. You know, it's just a lot of different things. You know, they don't have to deal with birds. You leave the airport, you take off, you're going to have to deal with birds because they fly all around the airport, stuff like that. Do you all ever run into drone issues? Yeah, we do. We run into, um, we're starting to run into a lot more. People call and say, hey, we saw a drone, you know, right off, you know, the side. We have to report that um, 
people, <laughs> include myself, uh, need to understand you can't fly a drone around an airport. Yeah. It's, and they actually have systems, you know, set where the drone will not fly oh, wow. around um, an airport. So you try to bring it around Memphis Airport, it's not going to work. It'll just die? It's like not going to take off at all. Oh, it's going to okay. say restricted area. If you go to Olive Branch Airport, it's going to say restricted area. Um, even I remember I was going to take my drone actually to the, I think it was a festival, the Southern Heritage Classic, Southern Heritage Classic because I was going to DJ. And I said, oh, I can have my drone out there. They had a special thing out there where you it, it was restricted, so mm. they can do that. Um, they can restrict drones, but yeah, basically now they've tried to do a better job of restricting certain. But there are ways around it, you know. But for the most part, yeah. Now, sense. is the drone not going to work, or is the pilot see the sign or the thing on this thing and not? The drone's not going to work. Oh, okay. They have a special special technology to where <laughs> you like <laughs> restrict it. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> it, will not, it will not take off. I bought this drone the other day. Well, before we went to uh, Cartagena, I was going to take it there. That thing came from Amazon. I swear, it's like the I wasted a hundred dollars. Like. <laughs> It's like a biggest piece of junk. Like it's a piece of plastic, man. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay, this is not. I yeah. should. I'm gonna try to send it back. Hopefully, I can get. My Maybe money you should back. learn on it instead of buying a oh, really nice know, one. I didn't even think it. about that. <laughs> Damn, man. You don't think about a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, I got a little small one, little DDJ something. Yeah, something. You know, I fly too, and uh, I just got it just to kind of mess around with. But I don't even because I had this idea where I could have a drone one doing DJing outside. I can have the drone play, but it's too much to operate. You know, I can't. Mm-mm. I was like, no. But um, but yeah, we do. I'm seeing more and more of the drone usage. Um, FedEx is actually um, in some airports. They're testing now where they can do airport inspections using drones. So whereas they used to have vehicles that'll go out and look for you know cracks or dis anything that's mm. happening with runways to make sure they're in compliance and safe. Now they can send these drones out and look, and you know, so. It's like, oh, here we go. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, they can do that. They can uh, go out and look and see or any. I don't know. They can fix anything yeah. now. But um, so that's one thing I know that's going on. Yeah. Fireworks are becoming drone shows. Mm. Uh, I think it was Korea this past 4th of July or around the 4th of July, but it was, they had a festival or something. And they had like, I think it was like 10,000 drones that did a big light show, oh, fireworks wow. show, instead of like actual fireworks. I was like, damn. All right. Something you mentioned earlier about like how people are too old. When they get too old, they're set in their ways. Mm-hmm. There's an Elon Musk quote where he talks about how like should people live forever? And he says no, because basically that same mentality. Because once you have a set in your ways and say you're like super racist or, you know, just some kind of uh, – archaic way of thinking you're not going to change after a certain time no and so that that def- definitely makes sense why they wouldn't want people to be older coming into that profession and another thing too um which i've kind of started noticing a lot of air traffic controllers think the same mm. that's why i think when they do the testing they get certain you know it's a mental thing you know but after a while these people like i said they um 
they really get set in their ways. If they're used to something, and I can see it sometimes too rubbing off into, it rubs off into your personal life. Like, hey, one, I, you know, being controlling, telling people what to do. Then two is getting set in your ways. Because with this job, we have certain rules and we are set in a certain way. And so if it doesn't go, I'll see some guys who work in planes and if it doesn't go their way, they're like, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's all right. <laughs> so imagine you 65 working mm, yeah. and something doesn't go your way. And oh my gosh, you know, so it's, it's a lot of that. Cause it's type a personalities mm-hmm. that, um, uh, that you see in controllers. And so that's why they do like um, a psychological exam. Oh, it's do they 567 really? questions. You would have failed that part. No way. Ask me a question. And they, <laughs> you know any do questions? you like flowers? Maybe. <laughs> no, Does no, your yes. mom like flowers? It's like that kind of stuff? Yes. They ask you different questions like that. Different. Answer her two questions. Okay, what, oh, what, uh, do you like to sleep? Yes. Do you like to stay up? Yes. They, yeah, but then it'll turn around and ask, do you sometimes like to take naps? <laughs> and you're like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> and you're like, so it's stuff like that. Wow. That'll ask. And then it just spits out whether you pass or fail kind of thing. Kind of thing. Damn. And if not, you have to go, you know, see a psychiatrist and talk with them and stuff. And, you know, pilots, I think they, um, they kind of deal with the same type things too and testing and what they go through. Air traffic controller and pilots have like the same kind of qualifications, like medications Mm. and stuff you can take like if, you know, I tell people, if you tell them you've already stressed and got anxiety and stuff like that, and you take, don't even think you're going to get <laughs> yeah. a job being an air traffic controller. Uh, you know, I had someone ask, was like, you know, I was thinking about being a controller, but I do suffer from, you know, stress and anxiety. And I was just wondering, and I said, well, it's a lot, you know. Yeah. And when you get older, you're not, ex- you're not going to want to have somebody yelling at you well, trying to train you <laughs> that's why i don't understand like a why these old people want to be president like you're almost dead so why would you want to have one of the most stressful jobs in the world that's i don't get that either and i was having a conversation with my friends about that a couple weeks ago and not even just president just people in politics mm-hmm. yeah period that's <clears throat> the only profession that I've noticed that people want to stay in the job until they die. Yeah. You cannot stay in any other job in the U.S. longer than a certain time. No. But you can run the world, the country, (laughs) and make decisions for millions and thousands of people based on your I mean, just think about decisions. Like, do you want your grandparent run the president, uh, the country? And I guarantee you most people are like, no, but then they're going to go vote for name X person that's 70 plus years old. Right. Oh, he has more experience. <laughs> no. But yeah, like, I mean, that's why that's why the age is what, a 35? But it 37. seems like. Is it 37? Oh, I thought it was 35. But what like, everybody age underneath that is like 50 
to 60 on average. And then like last couple of years been 70 plus. Cause it's like Biden 70, uh, Trump is 70 plus. I mean, that's my dad's age. That's her parents' age. Yeah, yeah you like, know, they get tired. They need naps. <laughs> yeah. They got to take certain medication. You know, they, you t- I heard, you know, I was talking with someone. I didn't know Biden had, like, you know, different, like, you think it's him, but it's it's not, you know. Like a stunt, stunt double? double. He has a few of those. Oh, I did not know that. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I guess they because. don't want the real man to get killed, I guess, probably. Yeah. Who knows? Because all he's or doing he is has all a that. special oh. ear. You know, he's he has this because I'm sure y'all seen some of the stuff that he's saying. And it's like, well, he's trying to hear what they saying through this <laughs> earpiece, y'all. He 85. What you expect? He go. Yeah, it's, it's he's just like to, how old was Obama when he had did his eight, after his eight years? He was well, like 59 or something. Mm-hmm. Like that. He was younger, right? Yeah. Like I think maybe the cap should be like sixty or sixty five on, really on all of the stuff. Well, it's yeah. like, do you want somebody eighty driving? No, man. But you're gonna want somebody eighty running the country and dealing with nuclear codes and. Well, it's like you sending see people to war. It's like <laughs> when I see people, older people driving. Like one, they're like this close to the steering wheel. Like if something happened, they're just going to crash and try to chest, yeah, right? Yeah. And they die. Or they can barely see over the steering wheel and mm-hmm. they're driving like a Grand Marquis or something. Mm-hmm. Like, dang, man. Like, man, do you just help driving the car home or something? Like, I got yeah, you. Yeah, that, uh, that's a weird job. Why the politi- age is, yeah, it's like only that. politics. It's like no change. Yeah. We're gonna ever. Get, ever. You know, because my dad, he worked for FedEx for like 20 plus years and then he retired. My dad retired in like 2008, 2007, something like that. But they were starting to push people out. Yeah. Why do you still want to work at 85? Yeah. What did. Now, I think my dad was like 50 something when he retired from FedEx. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He did military, too. I forgot about that. I was mm. like, damn, because my mom's next door neighbor. They off. They came up with these retirement packages, mm-hmm. and like, hey, you want? They offered. They showed it to like you know a whole bunch. They gave it to a bunch of them, and then some of them are like, "This is what you're taking." You know, like, well, this is your option. You have this, or you know, you might not be here much longer, kind of thing. But she ended up taking it, and she was only like fifty five when they mm-hmm. kind of told her, "Hey, this is this is it. Here's your just a package we're offering you. You know, you mean you need to take this," and. You know, I don't know what she does now, but she's only, you know, she's still like whatever age. She's so young and stuff. So when she's like getting whatever job she got now. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I was having a conversation like nobody's got to stay on a job for 50 years. Uh Uh-uh. Do something and change. Do something different. You know, we only got one life. (sighs) That's so true. Just do it. What are some of your passions outside of DJing and airplanes? Mm, Cooking. What do you like to cook? Like trying different recipes. Um, What's something you made recently? Something I made recently: jerk chicken and uh, uh, with veggies and um, homemade uh, garlic, cheese, mashed potatoes. I tried different things. I I've been cooking ever since I was a little girl with my dad. My both of my parents they cook, and um, so my dad would. I'd see a recipe on the Food Network. And I'm like, Dad, I want to try to make that. <laughs> and so he would go and um, get all the stuff, and um, I'd try and make. Sometimes it turned out okay, sometimes not. Um, I always just kind of had infatuation watching my grandmother 
cook and just be staring in the kitchen or someone that's cooking. I'm always like everybody else is talking and I'm in the kitchen just kind of <laughs> watching her. Oh, why would you do? So I can, I can cook, but I can't bake. Mm. I've tried to bake, you know, it's so many times. What do you think the disconnect is? I don't, I don't follow um, rules. <laughs> it's weird, sugar, isn't it? Sugar. It's weird. I tried to bake my dad a cake for Father's Day, and I just, I don't know what it is about me not being able to follow the rules. It's the alpha side of you. With that, because cooking, I can just, oh, yes, by taste. More butter. More. More. Oh, yeah, I need, I know. I, but baking is no... You need two cups. Yeah, it's exact. Two tablespoons. <laughs> yeah. Two teaspoons. So I, you know, I don't put two cups when it say two teaspoons. <laughs> Why didn't? Right. So um, that's one of the things I say I like to do is um, uh, is just uh, is cook. I like to do that, and then um, just spend time uh, with my family and my friends. Just, yeah. Having a good time. I like to fish. Okay. Um, though I haven't been fishing uh, recently, it's one of the things um, too uh, that I used that I really love. Um, we used to go as kids. I live. I grew up on the East Coast mm-hmm. in Virginia, so we would go to Norfolk, Virginia Beach, and they would send a boat. Have a boat go out into the bay, uh, the ocean, um, for like six hours. And we'd be out there trying to see who could catch the biggest fish. And this is like real fishing, yeah. you know. Um, so that kind of just kind of like, but I didn't like touching the fish. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw that hook out, you know, throw the line out, let, fill it, no, reel it in. And then, hey, can you get this fish? <laughs> I'll fill it. <laughs> yeah. That's when I was young. But now, you know, I wear gloves and I can do it myself now. But, <laughs> But that's how I kind of started. So those just kind of little little things um, I like doing. You know, just listen. You know, I DJ. I really love, love listening to different types of music too. So those kind of little things about me. Who are some of your artists right now you love? Some of the artists right now that I love. Who? Let's see. I really like. Hmm. Who can I say? I like. When it comes to rap, I really like Gunna. Mm. I kind of, and I hate that he's in jail. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I hate the talent like that, you know, is in jail. But he just has a really um, cool flow, you know, um, especially as a DJ when I'm playing his music from a just music selection. It just, people, everybody can just kind of vibe with his with his style a little bit from what I noticed, like some of his songs, some of his songs can, can reach any kind of like little crowd um, when I'm playing. Um, I've also been listening to a lot of um, like uh, Gwen, what's her name? Gwen McKee, McCree kind of old school disco. Mm. Uh, I love uh, some of her music. Um, uh, she's one of my favorite artists. Um, I have to say too. Um, I'm trying to think who I've been listening to. I've been listening to some ASAP Rocky last couple of days, especially with all his stuff going on. You know, I saw uh, you know all these tra- tra- got another charge, but I've been listening to some of his music. What and is he, um, what do you get in trouble for now? He shot 
uh, one of his uh, crew members. What? Yeah, so this was some years ago, and yeah. so they didn't die, but he shot him. So now he's so I I kind of um, listened. I've been listening to some of his old music and mm-hmm. just some of his beats, and he has I, I like his kind of still feeling his uh, style again. Um, did he not learn from the Sweden? Didn't he go to jail in Sweden? Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> like Trump got him out, and then he's going to do some dumb shit. Was that he before did. or after? This is after. Wow. Some people just are yeah. destined to be fuck-ups, man. Yeah, like every time I look at something like... Because he's t- with Rihanna, right? <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's Does another reason why... Yeah, that's another reason why, too, I kind of went back and I was just listening to some of his music. Um, because I remember when he came out mm-hmm. um, and just kind of like what he sounded like versus, you know, now some of the newer artists that I hear in their style and how they all sound. And so um, I've been listening to them. I've been listening to some Kanye. Mm. You know, one of the th- conversations I was having with a friend is Don- about Donda 2. We didn't hear anything about Donda 2. Is that the one that was on his special device? On his special device. device yeah. I... Never heard a track or <laughs> when the heard device, anybody. Like two hundred bucks or something. Yeah, like yeah. you didn't hear it. You haven't. And so I was, uh, I was on Spotify and I was just kind of searching different songs. And so I came across this artist and it was a song and it sounded like Future and Kanye. And then when I did some more research, I found out they it was actually a remake of a song on Donda Two called Happy mm. with Future and Kanye. And I'm like. Why did I never? Oh, that's right. He released it on his little special that nobody talks about. Yeah. You yeah. know, <laughs> and nobody's heard. Like, I have, that was the only track that I've heard. So just c- trying to do get more info on that, I guess. Do that's more. an interesting man. Well, you know, he has his line, clothing line at Gap now, right? Yeah. And it's got like these giant trash bags and the yeah. clothes. Because he went by Gap and the clothes were hanging on hangers. He was like, whoa, what? What the fuck is going on? They're like, do you not like your presentation? He's like, no, they need to be in those trash bags. And they were like, like the people like work for Gap, the higher ups, like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I want big giant trash bags, put the clothes in them and people can dig through them. So they know what homeless people go through. <laughs> I'm like, Kanye, I'm thinking in my head. I'm like, dude, your clothes is like $500 a shirt. Like that. No one, no one's gonna feel like a homeless person buying a five hundred dollars shirt. Like, they right. will if they can't afford stuff after they buy his clothes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But like that was the whole thing. He said, he said he wants people to feel what the less fortunate and homeless people feel like daily, digging through trash for stuff and stuff like that. It's a mental thing. Yeah, it's yeah, a mental thing. A it's right a little. There. It's different. But you know, I have to say, Kanye is a trendsetter. And yeah. before long, everybody gonna have trash. <laughs> 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 you got this. You got that. Uh, I mean, it's it's crazy, but it's it's true. You know, he is a uh, he's definitely a trendsetter because, and I say that because um, DJ Khaled's uh, new album just came oh, out, yeah. just dropped. God, yeah. is, God is, I believe. And um, I see DJ Khaled taking the more Christian. Um, type of style like mm. Kanye because you know Kanye kind of just he went gospel yeah you know with his rapping and uh I like it I don't see anything wrong with it and I said well 
if Kanye's going down this path, let's see who else is going to come down this path. And now I see DJ Khaled has a whole album. And you got rappers, little baby, different people rapping about, you know, God, Jesus, experience, mm-hmm. Eminem, you know, all these rappers on there. And I said, well, if we got a new trend about to come out, which because y'all didn't rapped about enough drugs and guns <laughs> and women and all this, you know. Let's talk about some uplifting stuff, you know. What? How can we, you know? Well, I, I know they were saying a lot of rappers were rapping about stuff they actually did, and then the people were listening to it and were like, "Okay, you're basically incriminating yourself." Yeah, that's why you're gonna thug. I'm in jail now, locked yeah. up. You want to rap about than- God? You ain't gonna come after you about the Lord. Well, people are like, like, like the cops and they were like, wait, did he just confess to killing some that person we've been looking? Hey, let's look at it again. You know, like dumbass. Because like, like on that Jimmy Crook song, 21 Sav, I don't know if he did this or not, but he talks about rolling somebody in the wood. And that's basically talking about you killed somebody and you smoke them. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, come on now, man. What, what is this stuff you are talking about? You know, getting into that rap style, like I never, I would never get it because I'm not a rapper. Yeah. And when they come up with these lyrics, you know, um, some of them have lived this lifestyle. Some of them have not. Mm-hmm. And then they get on social media and then they'll portray this image and they might not even be, you know, who they really are. <clears throat> now they got a charge. <laughs> yeah. Because they were trying to, you know, be impersonate something and yeah, it's not what it is. And it's like, well, how can I be an artist to create and talk? Well, maybe you need to talk about something else. There's a bunch of Papa Docs, like from uh, 8 Mile, you know, Clarence. Oh, yeah. So, like, they're like, act like they are this tough. and But it's just like, I always say, like, most rap is just like West Side Story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're portraying like these thugs and gangsters and shit like that. But most of them aren't living that life, man. Oh, no. Oh, no. And then I was having a conversation with a friend about, you know, the money involved that you see. You're like, oh, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. All the stacks. Oh, they they got to pay their money. Yeah. That's not their money. Yeah. That's- and then these kids don't. All these kids think it's real. And so they going to go do this dumb shit yeah. and they're going to get caught up in their I don't know. I mean, like, see, they're not, they don't, they're not signed up to be a role model, but they are signed up to be a role model. Mm -hmm. You know, like when you're in a public eye, somebody's going to look up to you. So you have some type of uh, responsibility to not put out bad information for people. At this point, I'm saying the record labels is telling the rappers what to rap about. Oh, they're just as guilty because they put, I need you to rap about drugs, this type of drug. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This type of weapon and this name brand, a fashion brand, and his five hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Do what you do, okay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, I guess it would be hard not to sell your soul for dollars if you don't have that kind of money. But it's like, at what cost? Man, I was looking at an interview that um, this rapper Fabio Foreign did. He's out of New York. He signed with Mace for five thousand dollars. Oh, wow. <laughs> said, How far did that five thousand get you? It didn't last two weeks. Five thousand dollars. So Damn. some people, you know, you just it's you know, whatever their circumstance is mm-hmm. and whatever they're thinking, you know, they they're gonna you know, they're gonna sign. So um that's you, you know, 
it's all about leverage. You know, I look at different interviews, certain other artists that do good things, you know, done good things, especially, um, you know, looking back at Dolph's mm, over his, yeah. you know, um, his brand and everything. He could have signed, but, you know, he didn't. He did, dis- you know, distribution, but his family is reaping the benefits. Nipsey Hussle, same thing. Families reaping the benefits. Yeah. Sometimes people see money and they go crazy. One of the things my dad tells me is actually, you know, it's not everything. And it's not. You know, I don't, I care more about respect and doing the right thing. You know? Yeah. It's nice and it makes you comfortable, but it's like that biggie, like more money, more problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to worry about your, your possessions, who wants to be around you, why they want to be around you, who's trying yeah. to take from you. Yeah. So it's like, who are your real friends? Right. You won't with me shooting in the gym, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shoot. I saw uh, there was a Meek Mill thing, and he was talking about how, like, people always say he switched up and he's changed. He's like, no. When I didn't have money, you weren't asking me for money. You're the one that's changed now that I have money. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. I didn't know he said that, but I've seen that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, um, the music industry is... It's very interesting um, being a female mm. and having my perspective on it, you know, um, you know, just like uh, the female rappers. Shout out to Glorilla. Oh, she's know. killing it. Who is this? Glorilla. Bro. I've never heard of her before. Oh, what? <laughs> Maybe I heard a song, but I didn't know it was you, her. You know the music probably. Yeah. Like there's a there's a picture of her and like she was working at Burger King and she had a, a stack of napkins like it was like money stack yeah and then she did, re- replicated that same picture with a fucking stack of nothing but hundreds like this big mm. and like she's what like is, what's her music like is it like Cardi B or Glorilla has Glorilla Glow her Glow-rilla. name is Gloria okay. her real name is Gloria and um, from her interview that I uh, saw um, when she was trying to figure out a name her yeah. cousin told us oh what about glorilla and so she came glorilla and you know she did her thing for years she said she started off um in the church Mm. singing but then she lost her singing voice and then she said well i'm gonna rap then (laughs) so she started rapping and you know how it is you just rapping you know her and her girls they had friends they rapping and doing and she stayed true to it and she manifested it, mm. and now she got the top song in the whole country. Might be the whole world. Now. What is the song? Um, F and F. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I, do, I do know who that is. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, that's where all the girls are on the hood of the cards and stuff. Oh, okay, yes, yeah. yes. So she I did a exactly video. Is, she now. did a video with my buddy um, BT Trap Ties, and that's where people started noticing her. I think. Yeah, and it it just blew up that video he produced and made for her because he's like one of the guys that we were talking about earlier. Like a record label wanted him, but they wanted his soul. Mm-hmm. So he was like, "No, I'm not doing that. I'll keep on pumping my own music out. I'll keep on making my CDs. I'll keep on making my graph. You know, whatever. Yeah. I'll do it myself." And he, I mean, he sells some fucking records. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd probably sell more if he was like with Atlantic or something. But Atlantic keeps on calling him. They flew him out to their stair wherever they're at, like couple, like two years ago, to try to get him signed. He's like, no, man, I'm, I'm good. Like I'm making, I'm making plenty of money mm-hmm. doing doing what I'm doing. It's all about that leverage. I can't listen to that. <laughs> You gotta take that out with recording. Man. I can't. I gotta keep it in. Uh, you have to act like you're about to eat. Like, <laughs> pretend we're about to eat, man. 
I can't. It's, I can only take it out. So it's too much, man. It's too much. I can't. I can't deal with it. Just Damn. be mute for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> so I have Invisalign in. Oh, okay. That's where that list is coming from. Oh, That's, okay. <laughs> oh, I didn't even. I didn't even hear. I wouldn't. Mm. You're nice. You're being nice. <laughs> well, she probably has never heard you talk before. Oh yeah. So like, but no, like, and he's like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to sign with you guys because you know I'm content with the money I'm making, and mm-hmm. you just got a nine to five. And yeah. it's like my family. I said we're good. Yeah. So, you know, I, I look at her whole little journey and it just it's it's great to see, you know, because she manifested what she wanted and she went after it. She didn't stop. You know, us females, we you know, we have it a little harder in trying to break into the music um, industry. You know, you trying to navigate on what, you know, what your lane is and maybe what your style is and you have a guy maybe trying to assist you, but it's just not the same as having another female kind of guide you, you know, along the way. And I don't understand sometimes why they always try to put females, you know, like, yeah, Mm -hmm. put them against each other. Look, sis, I need help. Okay. What did you do? Look, Mm -hmm. yeah, I can help you. You help me. We all help me and we get, we all can get this money together. But a lot of times, you know, it's just unfortunate. We don't, always get that type of you know relationship or um going but you know um i'm happy to see it and that's why i try to help other female djs um yeah, tell us the, about that. the feet uh she djs um it's myself uh crystal mercedes who i mentioned earlier um and uh kp the dj and dj kiva us four we kind of you know, um, we do a lot of gigs and we realize that it's a lot of females out here who, you know, they need assistance. They need help. You know, they don't know a lot of different things and what can what can help them um, get to the next level. And um, we're not saying that we got all the answers, but we definitely have experiences <laughs> that yeah. we can assist, you know, if you need something. So one of the things um, we do is with the She DJs, um, we have She DJ meetups where we invite all ladies who aspire to be um, a DJ to come out. Um, we usually host them at the Memphis Listening Lab. Shout out to the Memphis Listening Lab here in Memphis at Crosstown Concourse. Um, and uh, we discuss different things, you know, throughout our journeys. Um, we give advice, um, different pointers on music, how to get gigs, we get information. We have a, a group me where if, if somebody needs a DJ, we'll, you know, keep it within the female DJ um, group and just kind of do, you know, do that kind of thing. So it's really cool. Um, our first year, but right before COVID, we had a all female DJ party oh, wow. at the Hugh Hotel, and that was really good. Um, we've been talking about having another one, um, but everybody's just been so busy because. Once the doors to the clubs opened up, you know, we just been out here getting it, just trying to get back. And so um, but we we did realize that, you know, the female DJ scene is very much needed, you know, and it inspires a lot of other females as well to see us, you know, out doing it and and having a vibe. Because what I tell people is when you go out. 
if the females aren't dancing, you're not doing nothing, mm. you know? We, so we know what we want to hear, you know? And so that gives us a little advantage, you know? Then we're going to show up. We might have dressed up, you know? We're not going to have on no hoodie or something, you know? <laughs> white beater tank top or something, you know? We're going to be dressed up and be presentable. And um, and so it's just, uh, just a cool group of us. It's at least about 15 to 20 of us. You know, who DJ throughout the city. Um, also want to shout out to the Toots. I don't know if you guys heard of the twin, the Toots uh, from here in Memphis. They actually DJ now for Duke Deuce. And um, they skate. They do a lot of different things. They're very talented. But those girls, they, when I first started um, doing research about female DJs in the area, I came across them. And I was like, wow, twins? And they DJ together, you know? And they, they're really good. So, um so just uh, shout out to them and shout out to Big Sue. Um, no, I have heard of her. Also, yeah. uh, she was one of the first uh, kind of like females pioneers to come through. I think because I'm not from here, so I don't want to step on nobody's <laughs> toes. But all I've been hearing is Big Sue, Big Sue, Big yeah. Sue. So um, definitely want to shout out to her um, and uh, just all her accomplishments too because. Um, you know, I look up to some of these girls and ladies and, you know, they, I see what they're doing. So that gives me hope and inspiration and inspire to do as well. So strength in numbers. Yeah. Yeah. So. Cause like, I think a lot of times people think if you're in the same lane as them, that you're competition right? It's instead like, of looking as a, a helping hand. Right. It's not. Like and that. if you look at people more as a helping hand than competition, you're going to get a lot further in life. Mm-hmm. Yep. So one of the things is somebody calls and they try to book me and I can't do it. And I'm like, well, I got another somebody that can, you know, it's going to be a female. Yeah. So, and I I got, you know, I know all the girls and their strengths and what they like to do and what they, you know, don't. So I know who to direct where, you know, for certain gigs so they can be successful mm-hmm. in it, you know. And so. Yeah, like they say, your network is your net worth. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like if you have a bunch of people in your back pocket that are on the same level as you, you're going to get a lot further than, like I said, being like a Rambo. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't think that way. A lot of people want to be solo. They think they can do only everything on their own and they don't need help. And, you know, everybody's competition and out to get them. But I don't know why people have some people have that mentality. I guess maybe it's maybe it's ingrained in them or. Right. They were raised that way. I don't know, but yeah. it's not, I don't think it's beneficial. Maybe one out of 10 that have that mentality actually make it, but the other nine that you know, did it as a group or, you mm-hmm. know, got help from people definitely made it, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But I think everybody needs help. I mean, yeah. people listening to your music or listening to your product is help. You know, you need people. I mean, if you're a solo person, no one's listening. You're not mm-hmm. going to be very successful. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're successful to yourself, I guess. But, like, if no one's actually listening to your product, I mean, what's the point of having it out there? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. People are funny, man. People are, I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of jealousy and envy. Especially, like, I see some of that in the, in the city. I don't get it either. Like, a lot of people hate on people for for what I don't get. Like That was the first thing that was brought to my attention Right before I start kind of DJing, it's actually, mm. you know, this is in a different city. <laughs> I'm not even from Memphis, you know. And Well, I mean, you like Triple Six talks about it a lot. Yeah. Even Young Dolph talked about it. You know, like yeah. it's a, I don't know why that's a, 
that's a thing. Like it shouldn't be a thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everybody can eat. Everybody can win. Mm-hmm. Just because you're not doing something, don't hate on somebody else for mm-hmm. them doing something. Like I think it's a lot of that crabs in the bucket mentality. Yeah. Like I'm not doing something, so I want you down on my level. Right. You know, usually people that are happy and and not hurting don't try to hate on other people. Right. You're too busy doing your own shit to worry about right. what somebody else is doing. I have. I cannot keep up with with do you? Yeah. You know. You know. I'm just living in my purpose <laughs> and. My passion and doing what I'm supposed to do. Because it's like at the end of the day, do you really win by hating on somebody? Like, does it make you feel better? Are you a bigger person? No, you're you're a sad, tiny person inside that <laughs> wants to make help. somebody else feel like feel shit. Bad, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm really big on that. Like, if I don't want to be around people that are that way. Like, I always say I would never want to be friends with somebody who leaves a negative comment on YouTube. Mm. <laughs> I see those things. I'm like, if you're that kind oh of person, man, you were not friends. Yeah, you know that's a that's a hard line to sand for me. Like, I don't like you. We always we all think stuff. Mm-hmm. We all have ideas or don't like certain things. But there's no reason on shitting on somebody for it. Just keep pushing. Yeah. But some people they have to. They got to itch, man. They're like, oh, I gotta say this. You know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta tell them my opinion. Like that's their opinion, man. Let them yeah. think what they want to think. You know, you have, you're entitled to yours, or just keep it to yourself. Mm-hmm. But I see that he used to be like this. He'd be a little online troll. <laughs> I'm like, dude, man, don't fucking do that shit. Man. That is not cool, man. Now I just read the comment and keep on going. Yeah. I'm like, the next oh, comment okay. uh-huh, keep see, on going. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because it's like, it's their page. Like, let's just use Facebook, for example, or Instagram, for example. It's their page. They can post whatever they want. You don't have to agree with it, but you don't have to take time out of your day yeah. to be fat, adding fuel to the fire. Because all they, these people are usually looking for is a reaction. They right. want they want more attention. They want more negativity. Right. I was just talking to my friend last night. She was like, Ashley, I finally I, I stopped di- looking at Facebook, and I feel so much better. <laughs> and she said, you know, it's been proven with Facebook. If you look at it, you know, it brings depression and everything mm. else. And I don't get on Facebook. You know, I have it. Yeah. But I don't want to see people's comments and thoughts. Oh, and yeah. That gives me anxiety yeah. and stress. <laughs> and I'm already, you know, I'm like, no. We're not but here At what very point long. was this okay for people to start doing, to get on here I don't and know, tell me about, not- you know, your thoughts and opinions on all this yeah. Stuff that you know nothing about because you would never say that stuff to a person, no, or you never. would never call like a like on Instagram, like. But you still look big. Like you would never say that to a girl that if you saw in person, you were friends with her, and you saw, oh look, I'm losing weight, y'all. But you still look big, and you type it out and send it. You would never right. say to that person in real life, right? No. Do you deal with a lot of like uh, misogynistic stuff in your field? Sometimes. So yeah. how do what do you how do you deal with that? <laughs> I'm a Capricorn. I always <laughs> revert back to that. Yeah. You piss me off, I'm gonna go hard and figure out a way that I can get you know be over you. Mm. <laughs> so do you try to instill that into all the other other women you help too? Like to be like, hey, we don't have to tolerate this bullshit. Yes. Yeah. That's why I 
get the name Alpha Whiskey again. Because I am a alpha type. I mean, I know when to turn it on and off and put that out there for the fellas. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not just, you know, (laughs) you know, chick. But, you know, um, when I'm dealing with business and and doing uh, DJing or air traffic or whatever, like I said, I'm big on respect. Yeah. You know, a lot of times, um, you know, certain men, certain guys think they can talk to you a certain type of way. Um, when I, I got my first taste of it, and I'll disclose this, I got my first taste of it when I was down in Jackson, Mississippi, my first facility as an air traffic controller. And I came in and... um you know, first everything was cool, and then um, I came up to Memphis to do some extra training and came back down to Jackson, and I had learned all this cool new tricks and stuff, and they didn't, these old guys, that's why I say it's hard, old guys and changing new tricks, yeah. they didn't like all this new stuff that mm-hmm. I had learned in Memphis that I was bringing back down to Jackson, Mississippi to uh, do. And so while I was training with one of my trainers, he he got mad. And mm-hmm. he went off on me. And it wasn't the first time. Yeah. And so I had to stand up for I said, Ashley, I had a quick moment. I said, Ashley, you got a decision to make. Either you going to stand up or you going to yeah. you know, sit down. Which one you going to do? Barbecue and meal do. So I said, Ashley, you got to start barbecuing. So, um, you know, I had to stand up for myself, but in the, in a good way, you know, I did. Um, I uh, I told myself, you know, you're not going to talk to me that way. Yeah. I don't know what you used to. I don't know where this this is not okay. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, I, I took a lot of heat for that, for mm. standing up for myself. But by the time I left, I said, y'all would never have another Black woman come through here and y'all talk to her like this. Yeah. <laughs> you talk to me like this, but you're not going to, you won't do this for somebody else. I'll make sure of that. So type, that's the type of um, person I am. So I did, came up to Memphis and, um, you know, I, I get, I stay in my lane. I'm quiet. Mm-hmm. I'm very quiet. But if you do something and I notice and I need to, and you say something or try to be funny in some type of way, yeah, I will figure out a way to um, get back at you some type of way for me to be ahead. Like, yeah. you know, they, 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 so, you know, they did me, they said once I stood up for myself in Jackson, you know, they tried everything they could to get me out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I ended up being three steps ahead of them. And I got up to Memphis, got a pay raise. Nice. I got, you know, I've been here now for, you know, I have so many different opportunities, mm-hmm. you know, so I said, you know, I just do what I'm supposed to do, yeah. but I'm not going to let anybody get over DJing people. Oh, you know, come out you DJ for such and such price. Look, your homeboy charged you this amount, but. Don't disrespect me thinking that I'm just going to come and just do something just because I'm a female or this or that or something or try to take advantage or you should charge this price. You know, mm-hmm. I've had people, I had a guy tell me that, well, 
I consulted with somebody and they said that you should you be charging this for your DJ price. And I said, I don't tell you what to charge for your pricing. Yeah. So don't tell me yeah. what to charge for mine. If you don't like my pricing, call somebody else. Mm-hmm. So then months later, hey, <laughs> oh, damn. I have a whiskey. What's up? Yeah. You, I didn't already set the tone. So you, so now when I tell you, yeah, all right, okay, cool, I got you. Mm. You know, uh, and a lot of times I think as females, we be like, oh, you know, we okay, you know, we can be. And I, I, I get, I deal battle with that sometimes. It's like I don't know, what is your job? You know, but now after doing it for so long and didn't knowing from my air traffic job and my experience and how to deal. I say, I actually got to sit the tone, got to draw a line. This is respect. Mm-hmm. It's all of that. You know, if I come to your establishment and I DJ and y'all don't check on me, you don't, all types of stuff and I don't feel the love. But... Nope. I had a guy one time, he um wanted me to DJ his establishment. And it was right around my birthday. And I was like, well, before I come DJ, I just want to come check it out just to, See what it looked like, you know, give it a little, look, a little run through. So went around the time for my birthday and it was a disaster. Damn. He didn't have anything what he said he would have set up, you know, for my birthday and my friends to celebrate. And this is my birthday. Like, come on. And so after that, you know, he didn't apologize. He didn't reach back out and, and, um, and, or anything. And, uh, so then he reached back out and said, Hey, so what about DJ? No, I am yeah. not going to DJ. If yeah. you don't treat me right for my birthday with exactly. me and my friends, why you think I'm going to come? De- no. And yeah. so I had my friends say, Ashley, well, no. <laughs> but Ashley, no. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So you have to stick to your guns. You have to. And, yeah. pe- you know, you you can't allow people to just tell you anything. Mm-hmm. Um Stuff like that. And one of the things I try to tell the other girls out here DJing, make sure you got your tip jar. That was one thing, too, I didn't realize that my boyfriend, uh, my boyfriend told me. He's like, where's your tip jar? <laughs> I was like, tip jar. And so when I started doing certain gigs, I got a little tip jar out and all that. And people started dropping money over there. <laughs> <laughs> I should have People were like... About time you got your tip jar. And yeah. I was like, okay. So now it's another thing I tell girls. Get your little tip jar. Put it out. I was DJing at Thrive one Friday. I hadn't been there 20 minutes. Guy came by and threw a $100 bill. Oh, nice. shit. I was like, golly. You know? <laughs> Do you have like the cash app and Venmo? Yeah, I got, I got that. You know, yeah. you, you know, there's just, you never, you just never know. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's why I try to take advantage, you know, of different, you know, opportunities. I've had so many different uh, DJ opportunities and I couldn't even... Um, couldn't even believe or imagine, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. I went to a wedding reception once and the bartender, I didn't have any cash. I was like, hey, man, do you have like Vimo uh, uh, cash app? He's like, yeah. I was like, what's your Vimo? I don't have any cash. He's like, oh, you want to Vimo me? I was like, yeah. And I Vimo him like 10 bucks, you know. And then next time I went up there, he had a piece of paper with his Venmo written on there and stuff. I was like, because, you know, sometimes you forget cash yeah. or you don't or you spend it somewhere else and don't realize it. Well, yeah. we're living in a real cashless world now. So 
it's best to do yeah you know, I have yeah a scan where you can scan for all cash the QR app. Code, oh, yeah. QR nice. code. I yeah. have all that because I say yeah you just never know That's so smart so I DJ at uh, Sage for brunch on Saturdays oh um, really yes they Sage is one of the top uh, restaurants here in Memphis uh, shout out to Charles and Ricky and they're they're really uh, great um, they got great food. Um, great drinks. Uh, I was just featured on Essence. Oh shit! Yeah, and awesome. uh, the Food Network pulled wow. up on them a oh, couple wow. weeks ago. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, because the food, like I said, is really good. Um, brunch food and dinner. Um, I love the wing. I cannot get past the wings and the shrimp. It's like whatever they fry the batter, or whatever. It's like it's like really good. Mm. And um, so we do brunch and um. Wednesdays. We're going to start in September doing karaoke on Wednesdays. Okay. That should be fun. Yeah. And uh, then Saturday nights, they have another DJ. So myself and another female, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, DJ Pretty Brown. Shout out to DJ Pretty Brown. Um, When I started DJing there, I was like, I can't do this every week. You know, Mm -hmm. I need another somebody to rotate with. And so uh, Pretty Brown, I reached out to her and she, they loved her. And so she does that now. And um, uh, so I do that. Thrive, like I said, with G. Um, Honey, we rotate on Fridays. Um, I'm going to, they got the Mempho Fest coming up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be DJing uh, for Jack Daniels uh, trailer. I did it for them last last year. Basically, it's like the little uh, karaoke trailer. People come in. They can choose whatever song, and um, I'll have it, and then we just go from there, and they do the karaoke. Um, I got to go down to Jackson, Mississippi the end of September and do uh, cancer uh, event. It's called Pink Friday, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. Um I'm going up to D.C. I'm trying to work on DJing up there. I got a uh, homeboy who uh, runs the, uh, it's called the Park at 14th mm-hmm. on 14th uh, Street up there. I used to, like I said, I used to live there a little bit. And so they have a really great crowd. And I was like, I need this. <laughs> I Different see market. so, you know, and I'm trying to tap into that. Yeah. Um, Houston, I see so, here's my thing. I see all these DJs out here playing this Memphis music. Mm-hmm. And even though, you know, I'm not <laughs> from Memphis, Memphis, yeah. I haven't been here long enough to yeah. where y'all need to have a Memphis DJ come through. We have a you Memphis know, one address, time. I'm and sure. Yes, I got a Memphis <laughs> address. Yeah. Let me come through, you yeah. know, let me, let me play some. I, every time I'm scrolling through people's uh, Instagrams, I'm hearing Dolph, I'm hearing Yo Gotti, mm-hmm. I'm hearing. Big book, book, boogie, <laughs> money bag. Yeah, I'm hearing Glorilla, definitely. You know, yeah. I'm hearing all this Memphis take Keith on all producing wise, and Memphis is hot. Yeah. So you need a hot Memphis DJ <laughs> to come through and turn turn up a uh, a place with just some good. Memphis stuff, you know, playing that Tila, playing that eight ball and MJG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Showing these people where this music really came from, you know, where they they've sampled, you know, all this, you know, like I was I didn't like Tommy Wright the third, you know, Tommy Wright the third, how you know, and Beyonce's new album. Yeah, I saw that. With with how they sample, you know, some of this stuff and let them hear, you know, how all this, you know, came from here in Memphis. 
Well, shit, look at Drake's new song, Jimmy Crooks. Yeah. You know? When we were in Columbia, we were in Columbia last week, and they were playing uh, uh, Dolph down there. Yeah. Yeah. So We're in another country. Yeah, and they love their playing (laughs) Dolph. And everybody's, I'm like, man, Memphis, 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 Memphis. It's like that guy. Memphis, (laughs) Memphis, Memphis. The most beautiful land in the world. <laughs> Everywhere you go is Memphis. Uh, but awesome. it's true. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're just, it's everywhere. It's always been everywhere. Now it's even more everywhere. Yeah. So um, as a DJ and as a real uh, researcher since I've been here and playing and, and meeting people, I'm like, I want to get outside of Memphis and, and let y'all hear mm-hmm. what what it's like from a Memphis DJ, you know, to come in and, and spin some of these tracks that y'all could have sworn is brand spanking new that, Oh yeah, he came. No, this is came out from, you know, uh, Spanish fly back in such and such. And this is how they remade it or yeah. three, six mafia or something like that. Cause it's just like in the nineties when we were listening to music, Oh, this is new. And you hear like the old song, you're like, Oh wait, Mm-hmm. Getting jiggy with is not Will Smith's original right. song. <laughs> right. Yeah, like um you know a lot of producers back then I say <clears throat> Timbaland, uh it's Con- uh Kanye West for sure, uh Pharrell, Dr. Dre, mm-hmm. P. Diddy. They straight took Yeah, sampling. Took, they they took some samples. <laughs> well, I know what it Pharrell and Pharrell they got and Robin over on yeah. a lot. What was it Pharrell and Robin Thick? Was it Marvin Gaye? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of these people they got over. You know, I listening to a lot of um, like I said, Dr. Dre, a lot of um, Timbaland and uh, different tracks. And I'm like, man. Well, shit. Just look at Elvis. Yeah, that's the biggest thief of them all. That Doja Cat song with that original mm-hmm. Hound Dog uh, with mm-hmm. the woman singing it. Oh, yeah. You know, come on now. Yeah. Because there was like, they even did a thing where like they basically, they would have it so the people were, they couldn't afford to sue the mm-hmm. the record companies. And so they would just go poor pretty much trying to, you know, fight them. It's crazy now you think back, back then you think they knew what they was doing. Mm-hmm. These folks, record folks and musicians and producers did not have any idea. People just kind of basically say, okay, you know how to play the guitar. You know how to put a beat together. Yeah. You know how to edit it. Mm-hmm. You know how to sing. Let's make magic. Yeah. But they didn't think about, you know, all this other stuff. I don't know if y'all saw George Clinton um, documentary, Mm-mm. The Parliament Funk. I forget the name of the title, but George Clinton back then, you know, flashlight, all he was, yeah. they was booming, you know, but he wasn't paying none. Of them people was the whole band. Nobody was getting paid, but him, but him. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> that's so fucked. <laughs> they was like, okay, where the money at? Yeah. He didn't spend all the money on drugs. He didn't need uh, deals with people because he had, you know, that drugs was real bad. Of course, yeah. y'all know that was yeah. another reason why back then. Music and the all the legal stuff kind of got checking up because people was like, "All right, man, do the song, get you know yeah. drugs, and you we good." And they was they doing that, and then now they looking like, "Man, I could have been making millions mm-hmm. of dollars, but I want to get high." Yeah. <laughs> and now, yeah. But if you guys look at George, that George Clinton documentary, man, I said I feel. Man, I feel sorry for them people. You know, James, you know, a lot of the James Brand, they they uh. 
they had the best bands and musicians and all that, but they did not pay the people. Wow. <laughs> they didn't get paid like they should have. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. And then they just replace you. <laughs> you know, oh, such and such, little Teddy, he ready to take a chance. <laughs> he ready. He got his trombone and saxophone. They ready, you yeah. know, and that's that's kind of what it was. Yep. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. That's rough. Mm-hmm. I hear that like, the music industry is really cutthroat. Like, yeah. especially, like, with the deals, like you were mentioning earlier, they don't actually have that money. They got to, like, take an advance or whatever. They got to yes. pay it back. They got to pay that money back. That's like a PPP loan. <laughs> 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 that advance money like a PPP loan. You ain't paying it back, and you ain't, you know, putting it towards your video and yeah. stuff like that. You know, went and bought a Lamborghini and all this other stuff. Oh, like, what do God. you expect? We're coming after you. And then, you you know, and that's another thing why I was talking, like, I think that's why some of these rappers still do gang activity, mm. because they still got to be in the streets maybe to maybe recoup money. I don't know mm. what, you know, maybe, yeah. just from a street mindset. Yeah. But, you know, uh, 500000 you know, that's, it's a lot, but it's not a lot. Yeah. I know um, when Glorilla said she got her five, she said she ain't spent it. You know, she put it up. Mm-hmm. That's good, because she making... Way you know, making money, but you can't give us money and it at age of 18, 19, 20. I expect not to spend it all. And think we gonna do right with it. Yeah. I'm gonna really invest my money right yeah. now. That- I mean, just ask most people that got the stimulus check, do they still have their stimulus check? No, that was spent before they even <laughs> got it. TV. <laughs> yeah. like, let's go get the spent before I mean, they even got the Obviously check. they want you to spend it to keep the economy going, but most people are not going to save. You know, they're just going to blow it on wants instead of needs. Right. You know. Yeah. To each their own, though. I mean, you can do whatever what you want with your money, but I don't know. Yeah. So, um, I just know <laughs> as an artist, you know, you just got to be careful. Yeah. And then we finding out now, you know, people do now, and more people are doing these podcasts and interviews. They coming out and telling all the business. Yeah, I done a deal and, you know, I didn't read it, didn't read the contract. You know, I sold my life over mm-hmm. to the devil. I'm in this deal for forever. Yeah. Um, you know, it gets nasty, all types of stuff, you know. You think well, the, the worst has to be like when they get their album gets shelved because mm-hmm. they don't listen to what the record people are telling them. They're like, you know, what? we're not going to release your album. We own the music. Bye. And you can't do nothing about it. All you got to no. do is be like, okay. Well, we have a friend that he, one of his albums, though, they didn't re- release for some reason. They're like, uh, yeah, we're not going to release it. He's like, what do you mean we're not going to release it? I'm like, damn. All right. I tell you, what's that guy's name? I don't know a lot about it. There's a little young guy, NBA young boy. Uh, I know the name. He just keep putting out music on YouTube, man. <laughs> But then I think he signed, but it's like he he just keep putting it out. Like he is he getting paid for streams? I don't know what, but he has billions of streams. That's the thing. So it's where I think he's to the point where he's making so much. Yeah, to where he's like, if y'all label people, (laughs) you know, um, I'm doing my own thing type thing. So. But Do yeah. you produce any of your own music? No, not yet. You're gonna I start think doing it though. I can. I I um as I get more into this music stuff and figuring out 
um, my lane. I used to be okay. So I used to be in the drum line. Oh, okay. Um, in the band too, mm-hmm. growing up, and um, I have a, a real thing for beats and sound. And I'll tell people, I while well, some of my one of my friends, I can hear a beat. If a produce, if I already have someone who has done the beat, got a good beat, I hear it. I can put the artist on the track, pick mm-hmm. up, and then make some shape. But I don't think I can have the time. I don't think I have the time right now mm. to actually make beats. Yeah, it seems very tedious learning the. All the stuff that you need to know and adding drums and one, two count. It's, it, you know, it takes a lot of time, you know, very. And so I don't, I'm not in, I'm not there yet. I, one of my goals is to learn how to play the guitar, though. Okay. So I, I bought a guitar at the beginning of the year. Ask me how that's going. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. Hey, You've been busy, again. though. You've been busy. You've been but, I, but I'm going to pick that sucker up one day, and I'm going to learn. I got a guy who say he'll <clears throat> teach me, but it's always, too, been one of my goals. Yeah. To play. So my goal is to be DJing and then whip my guitar. <laughs> 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 so how do you do the transitions for your songs? Like, how do you do that? Like, how does that work? Uh, transitions for my songs. I'm listening, you know, uh, f- for how the beats and the melody and the vibe and who goes, you know, what vibe I'm going for. And I'm listening to it as soon as I feel, okay, this is, this is sounding good. Um, Mixing it right on in and bam, mm-hmm. I have smooth transitions. Yeah. When I first started DJing, I was talking to this guy and I had did a mix and he was like, Ashley, shorten up this, you know, certain things as a DJ when you're playing out, you know, people don't want to just hear a lot of just dead time. They want to hear, you know, that song. So make it to where it's back to back to back yeah. to back, yeah. you know, not taking uh, two, you know, three, four counts or whatever in the end, start, just make it all. And so I learned that and figured that out and start doing that. And so, yeah, I know that's one of the things. Transitions is, and <laughs> planning is what makes you a DJ. Yeah. One of my homeboys called me, man, I'm here to let him, this DJ is killing it. He's killing it, I'm telling you. And he calls, oh, you heard me in the background. And he, the DJ was good. I could hear his transitions mm-hmm. on point. I'm like, people actually call me and tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you do a lot of drops? No, I don't do a lot of drops. I haven't. I have some. I have... Very few. You mean doing them for other people? Well, just I like have, you know how like it's like. Yeah, I do. I do the planes. I do the fasten seat belt sign for my yeah. drops. I do you know my name drop. I do all that. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that really gets people going. It does the reggae. Oh yeah. I do the air horn. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> eh, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know when that happens, it's something something banging is about to play. You damn right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I do that mostly on like my EDM, yeah. and tech, and house, which I really get into. A lot of people talk now Beyonce's album and Drake. Oh my god, house music! Like y'all don't know real house music. <laughs> and then when I play it, they 
<laughs> what is this? It's just so different than what we're used to hearing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's real. It's music, you know? Like, yeah. you got all different styles with your Detroit, your Chicago, your um, all different styles of house. You know, you got overseas. You know, it's just so many different styles. And I like it, you know? I've always loved it. Have, would you do or have you done any overseas traveling for your music? Uh, not yet. I have put that on my plans. Yeah. I was doing some research some months ago, and they have this thing called a f- oh, Awakening Festival. Have you guys heard of mm-hmm. that? It's like over in Spain or something. And, I mean, they it's like a huge festival with these set up with lights and everything. And, they just partying nonstop. Yeah. And so I was like, I would love to try that. I want I want that. Ibiza for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, 100%. Uh, I was looking at uh, some DJs over in Croatia. Oh, okay. Uh, definitely the boiler room and stuff over in London. So I have a, a list of places that I have in mind yeah. where I want to go. And um, it's just a matter of me just doing it yeah. but it's definitely going to happen sooner than later <laughs> yeah, like, like i know like our but we had a buddy uh his name is dj jordan rogers and he was talking oh, about yeah, no, tulum yeah like he's gonna go down to tulum because there's a big some big big dj festival there and then who is it wicked we have wicked Instagram oh yeah he's going here. to spain yeah, he's going to spain i think next month for some dj and gig that's cool. So yeah, there's a lot of opportunities. It man. is, it is. And I was talking with some friends about it, and um, we were like, "Let's make it, let's make it happen." Yeah. Between all our connections, you know, because it's sometimes it's all in who you know, 100%. you know. Yeah. Um, but I always try to come correct. I'm seeing you a mix. I'm a, you know, like you know, I'm gonna do what I gotta do to, yeah. to get it, you know. Because like I said, I got one guy. I've been on his his ass for three years. <laughs> And I told him I wasn't going to stop. Yeah. Like I say, it's different for females yeah. than it is for males. Mm. So sometimes you got to just show, like, I ain't going to stop just because you turned <laughs> me down. Like, one day you're going to say yes. Yeah. And I'm going to be right there, and I'm going to kill it, and then you're going to call me back. That's mm. the mentality that I have. Is it, is it local? No, it's the one in D.C. Oh, oh, the yeah. park in 14? Yeah, 14. Yeah, I'm going to kill it. They're going to call me back. Yeah, DJ. I mean, uh, DC's fun, man. Yeah, that's a good vibe out there. Yep, yep. The go-go music. What is that? Go-go music. What kind of music is that? The drums. They have a. It's like a. You know, when you hear the. It's not like reggae or anything, but it has its own little thing. Mm-hmm. It's like big band, like big band, like. No, no, you got. You guys need to research Chuck Brown. Chuck Brown. And. Uh, just go-go, DC go-go, um, Rare Essence, you know, doing the butt. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sexy, sexy, sexy. Yeah, yeah, sexy. I know that song. Okay. So that beat. Yeah. Dun, dun, you know, and just picture just drums oh, okay. for all the songs. So what go-go music is, they will take any song and make it a go-go version. And you say it's Chuck Brown? Look up. Chuck Brown is the father of uh, go-go music. A lot of um, I feel like busting loose. I feel yeah. like busting loose. Okay. I said, "Shalom, oh, come on." <laughs> yep, he's he's uh. Chuck Brown, go go music came yeah. up. Yep. Let me see. Yeah, the Godfather of go go. Yep, love some Chuck Brown. 
Yep. Rare Essence. They got, I do uh, different flights on my, so I DJ as well on WYXR 91.7 Memphis every Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. My uh, show is called Flight Risk. And so we take a flight every Thursday, like I said. And um, so I do have a flight to D.C. where I just play go-go and all artists from D.C., mm-hmm. uh, oh, California. Cool. You know, I'm playing the Dre and all the Cali music, Virginia, all the yeah. Magoo and Tim Land and Missy music. You know, so I play music based on where, you know, we go. Brazil, Brazilian. So I try to um, really get, you know, into the really culture so I can make myself diverse because I never know what kind of crowd. Yeah. I'm live DJing all types of events. And so I got music for all types of, stuff, you know, Missy Elliott has definitely backed it up and reversed it with her age. Yep. She looks oh, yeah. super fucking young. She does. That VA baby too. <laughs> yeah. I was like, somebody said that like in a comment, like on Snapchat or something. I looked at it. I was like, that's not her. So I Google it really fast. I'm like, holy shit, that is her. That's Missy. Yeah. Missy, she she looks good. Missy Elliott. We have the same birthday. And then like her first song, I Can't Stand the Rain. Yeah. That where was like, I was from? like, ah! where did that song come from? It's my window. I can't stand the And Peebles, Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> like a walking encyclopedia, right? Yeah, now. I had to. I had to. Memphis put me on. Put me check me quick. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody was listening. Someone's gonna be listening to our show, Flight Risk, and like they were like, "Wait a minute, that's not right." They're gonna call the radio station so she picks up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Memphis, check me quick. I gotta know. But Ann Peebles, I can't stand the rain. Is a sample of that. Mm-hmm. And so that's like I was saying, like when we were growing up hearing that song. Oh, this is awesome. I've no, never heard of Ann Peebles before, yeah. and then, like. She's the one that created the song that we love his new song at the time. Yeah. yeah. What was the song? I know we talked about it earlier with Marvin Gaye and Robin Thicke and for, uh, oh, what is it dun, called? Dun, 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 dun. And they ended up winning. Like Marvin Gaye's family yeah, won. Yeah, they won. Because yeah. they're so, like, I was like, is it really that close to He was like, yeah, it really is. Yeah. I was like, dun, dun, dun. risky business. No. Hey, hey. Yeah. Blurred lines. Ah, oh, yeah. You yeah. know you want it. Yeah, then they were like saying that song's kind of like rapey sounding. It's like, there's a lot of women are like, no, nah, that's kind of too much. And then I think the girl that was in the video, she said that they were being like kind of aggressive towards her too. Mm. I don't know. Really? Yeah. I saw something in an interview about that. Well, that song, Baby, Baby It's Cold Outside. Yeah. I don't know if that's the name of the song, but they, you know, that's like, where he keeps on like trying to force her to stay. You know, and she's like, no, no. And like, I don't know, that could be, they say it's a rapey song. They don't want to play it anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's just the times. Like, you should change with the times. Like, if think about, like, uh, I always bring this up as a perfect example. Uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Did you ever watch that movie? And the moon bounce scene where he puts the mask on and it's not him, the the boyfriend that she mm-hmm. thought it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on now, man. Like, how did you, at the time they think that was okay to put that in the I movie? think it was okay in the 80s. And no, rape is never okay. No, I'm not, no, I'm not saying, like, okay, I'm just going to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a good idea. Man, just like, um, this touchy subject. I'm saying, R- like. R. Kelly. Oh, I can't no. play. Oh, man. <laughs> I, you know, R. Kelly got some good music. Yeah. And can I, you like separate the artist from the I act? I want to. I can. Yeah. But 
I just I don't feel comfortable. You don't want to be a sympathizer in, in public settings. Sometimes, but I'm gonna be honest. Sometimes people people want to hear his music. What's well, like, it? And <sighs> you can't like he really has a lot of good songs. Yeah. that I could play out. You know, man. <laughs> but it's so funny. Well, it's not funny, but it's weird how like some people get a pass and some don't. Like yeah. Michael Jackson has been accused of a lot of stuff. You know, people still listen to his music. Chris Brown's been accused of stuff. Mm-hmm. People still do stuff with him. Yeah. So it's like you people pick and choose who they, they want to demonize. They you know? do. They do. It and it depends on what what's going on. You know, it's a lot. <laughs> R. Kelly, I said, golly, well, maybe this. You know, maybe that. You know, and it's just if somebody requests it, yeah, I you know I'll play it, but. He really has a lot of good songs yeah. that he's produced, and um, that you know I listen to on my own time. Mm-hmm. And a lot, believe it or not, a lot of women still listen to his music. Yeah. They'll tell you, "Oh, twelve plus, put it on." You know, my <laughs> friends, you know, we be out of town or something, and I call myself, "Dude, what y'all want to hear? Put it on." I kept like, <laughs> okay, you know, I get it, you know, but yeah. um, but hey it's every it's just in knowing your crowd knowing mm-hmm. your audience knowing what to play when to play it when not to stuff like that yeah you know? yeah like i said that is a it's weird but i think you can sometimes take the art from the artist mm-hmm. you know because everybody has some fucked up shit in their they past do. They you do. know i don't care who we are we all got some kind of demons or some kind of skeletons in our closet mm-hmm. some are just out Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, if they put everybody's stuff out there, everybody's going to be naked, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, yeah, I don't agree what he did. Like I saw something recently, like, I guess some child porn stuff came up on his really? stuff. And Dang, man. that man dodged a bullet for a long fucking time. I'm telling man. you, it's touching when you try to play R. Kelly because you get hit with so many different that, uh, things. Because that pee video came out, what, like 20 years ago? It was like in the 90, or late 90s, I think, mm-hmm. that I remember hearing about it. Yeah. Maybe in mid nineties, because mm-hmm. it would because it, it was around the Leah time, and I think mm-hmm. Leah died in like ninety eight, ninety nine, something yeah. maybe two thousand. Because mm-hmm. I think he was married to her right when she was like fifteen or she, something. She was young. Shout out to Leah. But like I said, there's but then like Elvis, Jerry Lee, Jerry they did man, that same kind yeah. of creepy shit. Because uh, Elvis was his niece or something, right, or step niece or. It's I don't a lot know. Out there, and then you got like uh, who else did uh, Woody Allen? Yeah, did creepy shit. Mm-hmm. So it's like people pick and choose what they they want to demonize. I said I think it's all fucked up, but sometimes I think you can separate the art from the artist. Yeah, yeah, you can. <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, what's the biggest festival you've ever played? Biggest festival I played, I would say, well, I did um, last year myself and uh, Jared, uh, JB, DJ Bizzle Blue Bland, we did the um, Handy Park. Mm. They had the um, Memphis, it was like this Memphis festival they did did, um, every Thursday to try to draw crowds and stuff back and we packed that thing out nice and it was the largest crowd now i've done menfo fest like i but i did an earlier slide yeah people were just 
coming in. I think if I would have did a late, because I did like a two o'clock, two thirty, you know, on a Sunday, yeah, yeah, you know, and and so, but if I would have did a later slide, I think I would have had a bigger, a bigger <clears> crowd. But, um, but that those, those Handy Park uh, festivals and events that they used to have they were pretty big. Um, I'm trying to think anything else. I did the Southern Heritage, well, the oh. Jack Daniel area yeah um i've done that and uh i'm trying to think that's i think that's it right now festival wise like i can think of like this year at music fest we had to get there at two o'clock because uh, white sosa is playing mm-hmm. and we're friends with his mom you know mm-hmm. and i'm like we're gonna be there all fucking day mm-hmm because I swear to God, I thought like you could go in and out, but I guess because it was over there this year, they decided not to do it like that. But like, we were there. He left. What was your time? He was like seven, like eight, something like that. Yeah. I and I was, we were, me and my friend Patricia and our friend Russ, we were there till like 1130 before they kicked us out, you know, pretty mm-hmm. much. And well, that was when the storm happened, right? Because that was the Mega Stallion night that I left. Yeah. That Saturday is when he played. Yeah. So, Yeah. And then, like, she was, like, when she found out that they were letting people back in the park, I was like, Patricia, I'm not walking another two miles. It's 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 1 o'clock. Because mm-hmm. she came and knocked on my door. Let me, let, she's like, hey, let's go. So I was like, no, like, I'm not going. <laughs> so yeah. how trippy is it, like, when you get people moving? It's kind of it's kind of weird. Yeah. Know, like, dancing-wise. Yeah. It's kind of weird because I'm really kind of a quiet person. Uh-huh. And I would rather be somewhere over to myself yeah. rather than being the main source of entertainment <laughs> for your event. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's something about music or whatever my spirit of past life used to be. It just attracts me to music and making people happy yeah. um, and come together. And so... It's like I know what songs to play, um, when when to play certain songs, um, stuff like that to make sure that people are really having a good time. Because I think about myself, if I'm out at this party, what do I want to hear? Mm-hmm. You know, what would I yeah. probably want to hear that's going to make me excited and have a good time? And so when I do that, and I usually get good results. And so... Um, people are dancing, having a good time, and I'm like, whoa, I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah. And people are like, oh, my God, DJ, I was you. And it's surreal. It is. It's surreal. I'm like, I can't believe it myself mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, like, that I really just do this. Yeah. You call me and say, hey, Ashley, I need you to do a speech <laughs> in front of 500 people. Yeah. I'm like, mm, I don't know. But, hey, Ashley, I want you to DJ yeah. in front of 550,000 people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> but it's real. It's crazy. Yep. So what do you usually play to get people out? When you're like, it's time for you to get the fuck out. Like, what uh, are you playing? Like? I don't really play anything to get the people out. That's the thing. <laughs> When I be fit, when I finish, like it's hard for me sometimes to finish because you know sometimes people like if it, it's over something it's over at twelve o'clock, mm-hmm. it might be like twelve o five, twelve ten, something like that. 
but it's hard for me to I'm going out all the way out just playing yeah. good music. Mm. It's hard for me to play something to just tell people to leave and you know, I might play some R and B, but it's gonna be some good R and B to make you feel good. Like I don't wanna R. leave. Kelly. And, yeah, and, 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 like, <laughs> and you know, the venue would be like, Okay, you know, they don't want me to turn the music off yeah. sometimes, but I'm like, All right, y'all, I gotta go. And that's where the Bluetooth might come in. Mm. So I'll end my DJ instead, but then I'll put on like a playlist or something for, you know, more few more minutes while I'm breaking down until I get to the speaker point, then I'll cut it off. But it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. When people when you're a good DJ and you're playing good music, it's hard to shut it down. Especially if somebody wants you to DJ for two hour two, three hours and that second hour you really warming up, mm. getting into your creative DJ zone and then you gotta shut it down. And you're like, man, I'm <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I'm gonna get these last few good songs in, you know, at the end to make sure people leave with a smile on their face, they're happy. But I do know some DJs, they have put on, get the fuck out of here. You can't go home, but you got to get up out yeah. here. Like, I ain't going to do all that. You know, or, yeah. you know, they'll throw on something real slow to just throw the vibe. Yeah. I don't do that. Yeah. I don't do that. I remember, that's probably going to be the last memory of they're yeah, going to have with you, too. And yeah. they're like, oh, I don't know if I want to listen yeah, to that. Yeah, she didn't win. Did, you know, I, you didn't get, kept the crowd going for five hours and mm. get down to the last song and play something crazy. People be like, mm, she was a bad DJ. Yeah, that's all I can remember. <laughs> How do you deal with standing up that long? Um, Let's see. I don't, you know, I have a, well, one thing, I have a tall ta- a table that's tall. So, oh, okay. And, and I made sure that, um, because when I first started, I was bending over because I'm tall. I'm 5'11". Yeah. My back, I was having issues and all that. And so now my table, I have a tall table, and I just wear comfortable shoes, um, kind of move around. I stretch, mm. you know, different stuff like that throughout. Um, but I'm usually pretty pretty good. Pretty today. comfortable. Pretty because, like, when we go out and we're standing around, we're just enjoying ourselves. We're not working like mm-hmm. you have to be behind there. We're physically, like, standing, you know. Mm-hmm. For us, the time just passes mm-hmm. by because mm-hmm. we're drinking and stuff or whatever. Yeah. And now, yeah. I, yeah, you know, I can drink too. But I just choose, yeah, not to, because yeah. I don't. You know, it's not a. It's cool for DJ to get in a zone, but don't get overdo it. You know, and then yeah. you get because you got some DJs to do that. What do you think about the people who are like? I want to pay you with alcohol. I've never had nobody try to really because I've heard that like they'll be like, hey, we'll give you free like tab. tab Sometimes they do like that, that, but you gonna pay me and give me a free tab. <laughs> That's how we roll. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like I, think I used to hate wild. when I was a bouncer, like, and the DJ won't fucking shut the music off. I'm like, dude, it's like 20 minutes past. That's why I like, say it's hard. Like, I'm like, so finally, I'm like, <laughs> it's bro, hard to shut it I'll, down. You like, I'm gonna try and go in. I remember one day I went to one of my buddies. I was like, go to the fucking DJ booth, and I don't know what the button is, but find it and fucking push it. Uh, uh-uh, that's not gonna be good for her, man. When, <laughs> and like, right. so, so he went up there. He was like, bro. Kill the music now. And he was like, bro, oh, man, everyone's having a good time. He's like, bro, I'm not going to ask you again. And he was like, I'm going to beat the DJ. I was like, I didn't send you up there to go beat the DJ up. <laughs> I just told you to fucking find the button and push the button or the volume and bring it down some so people know it's time to start going. I mean, he was going ham. And I was like, bro, like we want to go home. Like, mm-hmm. See, you don't want to end the party. But we want to go home. I know. It's hard to end the party. It, <laughs> it always is. Like, especially like when you have to leave somewhere, like you're having a lot of fun at you're like, oh, man, I don't want to fucking go home. Like, yeah, I know. It's like, tough. Yeah. So how would you 
recommend like somebody that's wanting to get into DJ? Like, what do they need to do, like step by step? Um, first off, they need to have rhythm. Mm. You need to have some beat to you. Don't just like I'm a DJ and you don't know how to count. And you don't know basic. You know, you need to have a, a knowledge of music as well. Step two, you need to know different types of music. You need to know different artists because people will size you up and question you um, on certain songs and history and different stuff, depending on what kind of DJ you are and what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And you don't know nothing. Why am I, you know, like, come on. Um, three, you need to have right equipment. Um, figuring out what kind of DJ style, what kind of DJ you want to be. Depends on what kind of board, how you want to start off. You don't have to start off with the biggest, baddest, you know, DJ board. It's expensive. But start off with something that you're comfortable with. You can learn. It's easy, um, simple setup. And then as you go, you upgrade. Um, for say, um, make sure like you know it's something you want to you really want to do. And as a female, one thing I tell females, it ain't it's not easy uh, lugging speakers, and that's why I wasn't a lot of <laughs> no female way. DJs. Back in the day, because they had to carry crates. Mm. Imagine you got all these crates, and then you got turntables, and then you got speakers. And if you in a car, like house, y'all remember the movie House Party? Yeah. <laughs> and Martin, with the little car, and Martin Lawrence yeah. was the DJ. Yeah. DJ such as, you know what I'm saying? And I got to go to a house party or a party, and I got to take all, you know, and I got to lift all this. Women weren't doing that. Now it's a lot easier. No, we got little. I I got a uh, little uh, cart. I can roll. I set up foldable cart. You know, you got to have speakers. You got to have cords. You got to have your DJ board. You might need. You know, you need a lot of different things, hard drives, stuff like that. So you need to make sure this is something you really want to do. Is you know lifting. You're gonna be able to lift stuff if somebody's not around. Like I got this. You know. Stuff like that. Um, that's for the ladies and for the fellas too. You know, just make sure, you know, you got the the right um, equipment. And then, last thing I'll say is, um, you know, de- just depending on what type of gigs you want, how you set set up your your marketing. You know, depending on what you need to determine what kind of DJ, what your personality is, who you want to be out here, what your background is i'm thankful that i was able to become an air traffic controller first because you know i told you i wanted to just be a dj if i yeah. had but i got a real identity now i'm mm. an air traffic controller you know i got a planes you know i can i can incorporate into my background um you know so if if it's something else out there i tell people that you can do and you can incorporate it'll make you a little more interesting and, you know, why not? So just figure out what kind of message and image you want to do. Because I think the first thing you like, yeah, every time I see you post something, is, you know, it's big. It's like something good or helping. Yeah, helping, the, so helping, helping the community. Helping yeah. the community. And um, speaking of that, you know, from the air traffic, uh, my aviation standpoint, um, on September the 10th, we're taking 100 girls uh, flying for free on Discovery flights. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, so, um a lot of people don't know. I didn't Luke Weathers Flight Academy in Olive Branch. It's a black-owned flight flight school, mm-hmm. and um, retired uh, Captain Albert Glenn. He's a flight for FedEx. He runs it, 
And um, just two weeks ago, American Airlines donated $1.5 million wow. to this flight academy. And um, the goal is to continue to, uh, you know, outreach and teach, you know, young m- minorities to, to fly. Yeah. Um, because a lot of us don't know about it. Just being real, um, a lot of uh, pilots have retired. People in the aviation industry retired. And what they look like is majority white male. And so now uh, they got to fill fill all this in because it's COVID, yeah. retire, all this stuff. So now we need pilots. That's why we've been seeing now is a shortage on the aviation and the aviation industry because of this. So mm-hmm. American, United, Delta, FedEx, UPA, all these companies now are like, what are we going to do? So they're pumping money. And um, one of the things that I'm passionate about is, you know, giving females and making sure we're taken care of and we're we're in the know. So um, myself, um, Team Memphis, which is a collaborative group of like um, of of aviation organizations, um, they all we all work together. And so this is the second year that we are going. But the first year that we're going to take up these girls for free. So mm. we have an event bright where the girls can go, the parents, the ages of eight to 18, they can go online, register. And um, once they do the September the 10th, they'll come out from eight to 4 PM. We're going to be taking them up flying on like the little small Cessna 172. They'll have an instructor. It's not just them up there. Just <laughs> doing their own thing. I don't throw that out there. They not just, you know, it's with the instructor. Yeah. They'll be going up for about 30 minutes. Just kind of take just their first little taste of taking flight, you know, to experience that. And I would say 99% of the kids that go up for the first time, they're hooked. They're yeah. like, oh, my God. And they want to do something yeah. aviation related, yeah. which is really cool, too. So um, FedEx is is uh, sponsoring the flights and stuff. We get all the planes in. Um, we're going to have Hillary Banks from the Fresh Prince. Of Phil- oh, of Phil- yeah. Her real name is Karen Parsons. Yeah. She's going to come out. We didn't know, but we found out she wrote a book on Betsy Coleman um, called Flying Free. Um, and so we're going to have her out Saturday. And then Sunday, she's going to do a book signing. First at Barnes and Noble out at Wolf Chase, yeah, and a, a film at the Wolf Chase Theater. So it's just something you know different to give back. To, yeah, that's to, awesome to the girls. Um, it's, we we had the link out for like a couple of days, and like seventy girls had signed up in like that amount of time. So this is like, man, we you know this is this is kind of awesome. Maybe we could yeah. do this more. So this is kind of like the first time. So. Um, I'm excited about it. I'm really uh an advocate for it because like I said, me growing up, I ain't know about it. Yeah. You know, so had I known that maybe I would have did I mean I could have been a you know, a pilot or something. Yeah. But a lot of people don't realize like, um, man, you become a FedEx pilot, you can make over up to a million dollars, you know, yeah. just flying packages. A year? Yes. You fly those big triple sevens, you Jesus. you fly overseas a lot. And I mean, it is time away from your family. Now, That's you why gotta, Brad was trying to get uh, Zach to do that. You gotta, you now, you gotta make a sacrifice, family, uh, you know, whatever. But you can do both. But if you're flying those triple sevens, you can make a lot of money. Now, you, those uh, seven six Airbus seven fives that they fly, those pilots, they are the best. Because they're flying through anything to make sure the, the world is turning. Don't yeah. get your, don't get your 
the Amazon FedEx package or whatever you're supposed to get on time. You're going to be mad. Yeah. <laughs> so these pilots have to fly through anything. And they're the best. So they get paid, compensated very well. The retirement's really well, all that. I know they made, I knew those, I knew they made really good money. I didn't know it was like that much money. Like, damn. Yeah. Do you know Brad Wilson? No, I haven't heard. You probably know if you saw him, but he's uh, he works for FedEx. He does like the scheduling for the pilots or the like their training. Oh, okay. But uh, he also works at Atomic on Sundays. Okay. He's a bartender down there, but he's his son. He was trying to get his son to be a pilot, but his yeah. son ended up having a baby. <laughs> so now his yeah. son is doing something else with uh, airline. But it's expensive. Stewardess? No, he's, I don't know what <laughs> Zach's kidding. trying to do. Now. It's expensive to be a pilot, yeah. you know. But they're they're cha- making changes now to make it more affordable. affordable because they need people, and people just don't have a hundred thousand dollars to sit around over. for for getting air transport, all these ratings and stuff like that. So um, they're giving out more money and stuff for people. So. So, yeah, if you guys know any uh, girls, young girls, 8 to 18, let them know, sign up. When is it again? It's September the 10th. September the 10th. For, it's called Wings Over the Branch. Okay. And then Sunday we'll do the film and book signing. And so it's the same weekend as the Southern Heritage, Heritage. Uh, okay. Classic. Like you said, I think it's good that people have other outlets and other people to look up to, especially that look like them. Because mm-hmm. then they'll be like, okay, this is something I can do. Like, there's other avenues I can go down. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, like, if you just see a certain ceiling, like, if you're just in your neighborhood all the time, you don't see anybody doing anything, you probably think this is all I can do. Mm-hmm. But if you see somebody like yourself doing something or other people in that field, um, like, wow. I think that's beneficial. Yeah. In aviation, you got to see it. I can talk all day about airplanes, but until you go and ride, fly on one yeah. or see one up close and what it can really do and all this, that's when you're like, because we had a girl on here one day and she was like, she used to be a teacher and she was talking about how like she took the kids to Civil Rights Museum mm-hmm. and the kid was like, is this Mississippi? <laughs> so like the kid had never even been outside their area, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a lot of people that like we met a girl like back in April or something like May mm-hmm. and she's like in her 30s and she had never been on a plane until she came here. And it's just like, man, the, like, a lot of stuff that we take for granted that we yeah. get to do, a lot of people have never done before. Yeah. And so an opportunity like this, you know, this, this event right here, it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty gonna, major. You know, out of those 100, if 20 of them stick with it, you know, they could be flying one of those 777s yeah. or whatever it's called. I'm changing a lot of lives. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's the goal. I love hearing stuff like that. Now I know why it's called 777 instead of 777 because 777 is a lot. You it say is. Triple seven. Seven. Triple seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> triple seven, yeah. Triple six. But yeah, like I think, I think more people need to be doing more for their community. Because yeah. I think you know, there's a lot of stuff that's happening in Memphis. It's not that great. Mm-hmm. But if more people start doing positive stuff, I saw some the other day. It's like uh, I posted it. What did it say? Um, but what can I do? I am just one person says 7 billion people. So <laughs> yeah. like if everybody is always like, well, I can't do anything about it. Why is it going to change? But if somebody is the one that says, I'm going to make the change or I'm going to do something to help other people out, then we can get progress. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. So, cause I always, I quote this all the time, but it's this Tupac quote. And he says, I may not change the world, but I guarantee I'll spark the brain of the person that will change the world. 
Yeah. And so like just and he's also there's another part of that, too. He's like, why be selfish? Because you're not doing something just because you're not doing something doesn't mean you need to hold other people back Mm -hmm. or you don't want other people on your level. Like we talked about earlier about the jealousy thing. But I don't know. But I appreciate you doing this. So I always I like to ask uh, three questions. Mm -hmm. One is. Well, it's not really a question. But it's this whole movement now where people are giving people their flowers, their appreciation. Because, you know, generally we don't say something nice about somebody until they're gone. Like, we'll think some nice stuff about people. We don't actually, you know, express it. So who in your life would you like to give flowers to? Wow. Let's see. I would like to give flowers to... This could be anyone. Yeah, anyone. Yeah. I'm going to give flowers to my sister. Okay. Um, My sister and I, we're 16 years apart. She's older than I am. And um, since I started on my journey once college, because we didn't, we couldn't really form a real bond until, you know, I got older. Yeah. And um, she's one of the main reasons why I do what I do. She Mm. gives me so much encouragement. Um, She is my cheerleader. And for that, I am very thankful for that because I could have made other decisions. Mm -hmm. But in talking with her every day, we talk. um, And her just giving me good sound advice on anything. Yeah. And helping guide me. Because everything you can't talk about with your mom. Mm -hmm. You know, you just can't. And I'm, I'm blessed that I had a sister who I was able to um, just communicate with and grow, get a real relationship with. And um, she actually just came out here to Memphis a couple of weeks ago and she loved it. She was like, Oh, <laughs> you know, this is, this is really cool. But you know, she, um, she motivates me. Mm. And I, I, I told her it's funny because five years ago we were in New Orleans and I says, Sheena, Get ready. I don't know why I just I said get ready because some great things are gonna happen. I'm gonna start DJing and she kinda looked at me like I was crazy. But over the past about four or five years, she's seen my growth and how far I've come. And I will give her flowers just for helping me, you know, get to this point. Cause she doesn't realize how much she really does. Kinda you know, inspire me to, to do what I do. Because we always got that one person maybe in our lives that just kind of motivate, you know. Mm-hmm. Even if their situation isn't the best, they can still find some type of way to help you so you can help them. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of how we kind of operate. She helps me and I help her. So we kind of tag team. So I'm dedicating this to my my flowers if I could think of anybody, I've had a lot of people to help me throughout. But when it comes sometime in family, you can't, you got somebody that's right there by your yeah. side that really know you and is going to really help you. I'm going to go ahead and, and give you your flowers now. She'd that's, be the first on the list. That's awesome. I like that. Yeah. And my other two are, what's your advice for people and what mark do you see yourself leaving on the world? What advice do I have for yeah. people mm-hmm. as far as Just anything? Whatever. I tell people, you know, um, throughout this journey now, I've become a very uh, spiritual person, mm-hmm. um, and I'm learning more about myself 
and my journey and my passion. And I tell, I want to, I would tell people, you know, do what makes you happy. Mm. You know, don't think about money all the time because God is going to provide as long as you're doing what you're supposed to do. Just um, make sure you treat people right. You know, the way you want to be treated. I treat everybody right. I support people because I want support. So I always tell people, you know, what you put in is what you get out. Um, just having faith, trusting and believing um, in your in yourself and have confidence. You know, it's all about confidence. One of my favorite uh, role models is Muhammad Ali. Mm. Um because he is full of confidence. I don't know one person to talk much smack. It's this man, but <laughs> yeah. he was very quiet, but he would talk, you know, he would speak up too. Yeah. So, and what he would say was very impactful. So, um, that is so true. <laughs> you know, he, he was, so he was, he's one of my favorite, uh, like I said, um, that I look up to. And, um, your last question was, uh, what, what mark do you see yourself leaving on the world? What mark do I see? Man, I see myself leaving a mark that empowers women throughout the world to be confident, know that. You can do anything you put your mind to. I'm not saying that we got to overpower men. It's women against men or anything like that. But a lot of us have special talents and have special gifts. And we, you know, we shy away from it. Mm -hmm. But it's okay to embrace it. It's okay to walk in your your purpose um, with that. And so... I hope to leave a mark where women say, hey, I remember Alpha Whiskey when she started and, you know, she worked hard. She didn't, uh, you know, ask for handouts and all this. She did it the right way. You know, respect. You know, I want women on both sides in the music industry to succeed and learn how they can care of themselves in a professional way. And I want women in the aviation industry to be able to do the same and know that you can still, you know, get out here and fly a plane. Don't let nobody discourage you and say you can't fly a plane. If you can drive a car, you can fly a plane, yeah. you know. And, um, and you know, just do whatever makes you happy. So I want to get more uh, women and minorities out here flying into the aviation industry and however, I can assist with more female DJs as well to get out here and have opportunities. I see myself doing that as well. So I got I got a lot of stuff to do. Yeah, but it's gonna get done. I'm a Capricorn. <laughs> <laughs> if you could do it again, would you become a pilot? Yes, I still plan. Yeah, um, I just in my future. I uh, just like nice. the guitar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's sitting there, but it's it's in the plans. Hey, at least Guys, you have the guitar. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah. And with the planes, I know how to talk to an air traffic controller oh, at least. That's a you plus. know, and know. So you would the, know a lot know already a going lot into of it. Stuff. it. The only thing with me is just learning how to work the controls mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. In which way, you know, it, emergencies and stuff. But talking, climb, maintain, understanding what the controller's saying, airspace, stuff like that. I kind of already know that. 
but it's having the time. Mm. Uh, and to, you know, I could apply, I guess, for a scholarship at this point and get the funds to do it because it costs about eight thousand. It was eight to ten thousand, maybe about eight thousand max. Um, I think to get your just basic pops license. Oh, okay. Is that the is that the little plane like mm, not smaller, little, okay. smaller? Then when you want to get tur, you know, rated in turbo props and air transport, it goes up. You know, you got to get different ratings for all of that. So what you keep mentioning the Capricorn, what are the traits of a Capricorn? Man, Capricorns, we are very, uh, we're very uh, ambitious, ambitious people. He's a defecto. <laughs> we're hard workers. I am a very hard worker. Thank we, you. We we work hard. We're stubborn. <laughs> okay, he's got that one down. I got hard work and stubborn, okay? We are no, not hard stubborn. Worker. You got stubborn. That's why I'll give you that one. We're very practical. And we're responsible in a certain sense. We we we're not going to do something unless we have a a backup. Are you a January Capricorn or December? January. January. When is your birthday? January 2nd. 2nd. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Does that make it different? No, it will. In a little... <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Everybody's different. You what know. is what is Strouser? Is he December? December thirty first. Yeah. Uh, okay. Or yeah, thirty either twenty fifth or thirty first. One of the two. So like when you were talking earlier that when someone messes with you, like you're gonna keep on until you get back at them. You know, that made me think of this thing that happened at work. This other company was taking my sign down after I put it up. All right, it keeps on doing this. I was like, who the fuck is taking these down? And I was like. Okay, I know the rep that's back is doing it. So I'm just going to go into his account so we don't share and tear all his stuff down. And just, <laughs> and so <clears throat> I'm in one account we share, and I get there about 30 minutes before him. Do, he does. He's like, where's my fucking signs, man? Because, you know, they, 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 get it, they bitch about not having the stuff up that we're supposed to have. And I go, what are you talking about? He goes... The sign. I had a big sign right there that said Miller Light, whatever it was. I was like, oh, that sign? I think the city of Lakeland took it down. And he's like, I know you took it down. I was like, okay, I'll tell you this. Stop fucking with my shit, and I won't fuck with your shit. Mm -hmm. Let's just make a pack right now. Mm -hmm. If if we have something up, it doesn't go down. If you beat me to space somewhere, you beat me to space. If I beat you to space, that's it. And he's like... We don't work together. I was like, all right, I'm going to tell you, I, I have, I don't do shit during the week. I'll mm -hmm. stay out here until seven o'clock at night and take all your shit down. So before do you, you know, he was actually the one taking your signs down. Yeah. I saw it on camera and, uh, it sounds like some fraternity shit. Man. And so like, and, uh, I go, I go, let's just, let's just have a pat. Cause I'm never going to stop. So they had that Capricorn. Yeah, I was like, I'm never gonna stop. Uh, yeah, I was like, that's I'm kind of a petty way of doing it. Man. It's petty, but it's, <laughs> it is what it is. I was like, I was like, I promise you one that's thing. That, that stubborn go. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I will never stop taking your yeah. stuff down. Well, I, why can't you channel that into other stuff in your life? I don't know, man. <laughs> like, okay, okay, people? we gotta go. We gotta go. Thank you so much. So, where can everybody find you if they want to book you and stuff? Oh, no, don't cut her off. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was cutting you off. My bad. <laughs> No, Capricorns, we're good people, though. We're now, I don't dispute that. I'm just saying, like, when, it, when my buddy Mark found out he was a Capricorn, Mark's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but people, you guys can find me. I have a website, 
www.djalphawhiskey.com on my website. Uh, you can book, um, reach out to me for booking. Um, I have information on there for aviation if you're interested. It'll show you different flight schools um, around the U.S. Mm. Um, and different careers uh, in aviation because I, when I was doing it, I was like, people need to know this. Stuff. Yeah. Um, just in case. And uh, I have mixes on there as well. Um, also, I have Instagram, DJ Alpha Whiskey, TikTok. I'm new to TikTok. Everybody get on TikTok. <laughs> DJ Alpha Whiskey. Um, I do have a Facebook, but I'm not as active on Facebook, but DJ Alpha Whiskey. And um, yeah, like I said, my radio station uh, every Thursday, 6 to 8 p.m. on WYXR 91.7 Memphis Flight Risk. That's awesome. I'm going to tell my nephew about this uh, flight program. Tell How is you talking about Dante? Well, they're twins, so but yeah, I think they're twenty six now. I mean, it's great money. Though. It, it's, it showed one hundred and thirty thousand dollars on there. And I don't know if that's like where you're starting yeah, at, but you, you start off making pretty good. Yeah, money I'm gonna now tell them to look into pilot, that because they need they need people. Oh, yeah, pilot too. They giving they giving money left and right, bonuses, mm. all types of stuff. Yeah, like I said, sometimes like people just don't have the information. Like you, mm-hmm. especially like when you were talking about like the. The flight patterns, like I didn't realize that so many people took different, like all the different flights we just took. There mm-hmm. was so many switching hands, mm-hmm. um, but it's like you never know how much you don't know until you talk to somebody that knows about a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's the best thing about like learning and doing this type of thing. You yeah. learn so much from other people. Yeah. So I appreciate you sharing this information. Yeah, thank with you us. for having me because a Thanks. lot of people don't know about this stuff. Yeah, like I said, um, you don't know. What you I know. honestly, this is what I thought. I thought like the pilot had a GPS or something. And they were <laughs> they fucking. They do have up there. something like that. They oh, have okay. a, a, you know systems that they're looking because they're you know flying autopilot. Oh, okay. And so when the controller says turn right heading a two three zero, they're putting it in two three zero, and then the plane will just turn okay left two three zero or descend and maintain you know flight level two you know two zero zero. They'll put it in, and so they the pilots just have to make sure they're listening. Yeah, they gotta be alert. Yeah, be very alert. You know, so that's one of the things. You know, they try to say, "Well, pilots fly without air traffic controllers." Yeah, they can, but we're an extra set of eyes. Yeah, you know, for for pilots. Man, that's crazy. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, that's. I mean, when you're up there, you want the best. <laughs> yeah, know? I want the best for sure. <laughs> you, know, you don't want to have like somebody like half-assed doing some or not having the right information because you're putting your life yeah. in their hands when you're yeah, flying. We with have them. to train. We have to train all these people that come through, and I train people. I tell them, no, he can't do the job. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I ain't no, you know, this is my, come on, good, this is my friend. <laughs> you know, he, no, your friend is not safe. Yeah. And I've had that. And they don't know. I'm putting it out there. But I, we had a guy that was, he was older. He uh-huh. was much older. And um, he didn't make it in training um, where he was at. Mm-hmm. And then he came to the uh, tower. And while he was there, he was struggling. He was not safe. Mm. I made a phone call. I said, I don't care what y'all, they don't know. I made a phone call. This man is not safe. What am I going to, Yeah. why am I going to, then something happened, then they're going to be like, I don't care if that's your buddy or not. Your yeah. buddy is not safe. Mm-hmm. And then they wanted him to be a supervisor. I said, if I get in a situation and I might not be able to think offhand what to do, I got to rely on this person that has no idea. Yeah. Really. I'm, no matter how much you train, he is not. No. Yeah. Can't teach old dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, you know, they found him another job. Yeah. But, you know, this stuff, I don't play around with it. 
That's scary. It can't man. man. That is so scary. No, it's not. It is. Yeah. Wow. Well, like I said, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys. Are you uh what, what does Colin have any more events coming up? Not that I know of. He usually does the four twenty thing. Let me text him and ask him. Hopefully they, one year he has good weather. Right. For that it thing. always <laughs> rains. Man, last Every year, year this year it rained it's at, well, it didn't well, rain it wasn't bad. The first year was cold right. and raining. This year yeah. it was just raining. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I said, I appreciate you. Thank you very much for doing this. Yeah, thank you guys. All right. Thank you. Bye. The, with the link up. Link up, yeah. <laughs>